It's not enough, and it will do nothing. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, September 13, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 443. This is No Agenda. Ready for a bad acting revolution here in the capital of the drone star state. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm contemplating baking a cake with a fish in it. I'm John C. Dvorak. You know, that's that's just like David Letterman, where he'll start the show off with something and you have no idea what he's talking about. And you'll never know because you weren't in the audience at warm up. Yeah, I know. He does it almost every show. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. makes some reference to Iowa. And there's somebody <laughs> in the audience cracking up. Yeah, it was so funny. So funny. Hey, uh, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. Now we've gone and done it, John. It's, it's finally happened. We have finally shown the rest of the world that we do have really, really shitty movie production. And boy, are they pissed. <laughs> they, they were, hey, wait a minute. Have Where's, you seen that thing? <laughs> yes, of course. Where's Angelina Jolie? Hey, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The most important thing. You've got something going on and you need a distraction I mean, this is this is this is why everyone's angry. They're like, "What the hell are you guys doing? This is not your normal movie propaganda." This sucks. Yes, I have seen. Uh, well, in case you're listening to this sometime in the future, uh, which we is are, more likely than not nowadays. Yeah, yeah we are referring to the uh, uprising of uh, anger against the United States of Gitmo Nation. Uh, for a uh, really, really bad movie, uh, which... <laughs> and I think it was just a trailer. It's a tra- Did you see the trailer? No, I couldn't find it. Oh, really? No, you're kidding me. No, I saw it. <laughs> I, I actually pulled some, some quotes from it. I'm like, <laughs> we've got to play some of this. Dude, I think we need to, right off the bat, just look at the evidence that we have and look at where this is coming from, because one thing we know, it's not. Now, well, why don't you explain what you're talking about to begin with, which is the, the assassination of a ambassador. Well, see, that's interesting that you already put it that way. You say it's an assassination of an ambassador as if, as if this was a predetermined setup to kill the uh, ambassador in Libya. So here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, did I say it that way? That's exactly how you said it. You said it that way. Well, let's before we go. Well, go on with your analysis, but a couple of things I want to make clear, well, at least from I my think, perspective. I think, we, I think we have evidence, and then we have analysis. I think there's there's a lot of things going on here, and if anything, October came early this year. That's for sure. Well, uh, you know, I have a couple of. Well, go ahead, go ahead no, with no. your singing. Let me get. I have to download my clips into my uh, into my into my just talk. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Talk, sorry. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> this monkey boy will jump and dance for you now. I'm, yeah, I'm dancing. I'm dancing. Okay, so here's what happened. Um, uh, on September 11th, for those of you who don't know, uh, all of a sudden we had all kinds of things taking place, primarily two embassies, one in Cairo and one in Libya. Embassy, by the way, is kind of a big word for uh, the uh, the building uh, that Compounds, is... Yeah. It's not even a compound. And I think ambassador may also be a really big word and the... Uh, and what winds up happening is that we have all kinds of uh, people angry in Cairo and yelling and shouting in front of the embassy. Not anything new, uh, but then the quote-unquote embassy in the unprotected embassy, I might add, in Libya 
is uh, is burned and the uh, ambassador dies. Still very unclear exactly what happened, along with a, I love this, senior chief intelligence uh, professional, or whatever his title is, i.e. spy, because that's when you're in information, you're spy, and then two other uh, undefined people. So all very, very unclear what exactly happened. Um, there was not a lot of real response. Then all of a sudden, everyone starts talking about this. And I guess what really uh, got everyone's attention is um, when President Obama and Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton came out and started talking about it. And they immediately um, uh, attributed this to a movie trailer on the interwebs um, uh, called uh, Innocence of Muslims. And um, I think what I should do, because we have to look at evidence first of the empirical facts that we have in the way of sound clips, and then I think we can start to analyze it. Um, here's uh, uh, Lucifer. I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton. And she, in her statement yesterday where she is eulogizing the ambassador to Libya, she references this movie. We are working to determine the precise motivations and methods of those who carried out this assault. Some have sought to justify this vicious behavior along with the protest that took place at our embassy in Cairo yesterday as a response to inflammatory material posted on the Internet. Now, the way she said this, John, uh, leads me to believe that she was not involved in it. Because uh, she's saying some will believe uh, she's I don't I'm pretty sure that that the this cover story of the movie posted on the Internet, the trailer did not come from the State Department. Just listening to what she's saying there. What do you think? I. Uh, well, actually, I noticed this about her this whole episode. She is extremely annoyed. Yes. As if whatever. In fact, I have a clip where she's annoyed and then the B, the BBC is, I don't know what their involvement is. Well, but Well, their partner they, is ABC. That's what they keep saying. Our partner in America, ABC. That's like, oh, okay, I got some bells ringing there. But Clinton seemed as if she was really mad about this. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, so whatever scheme she had afoot, if there was any, mm -hmm. this wasn't it. Correct. And so I she agree. was angry. I so I would assume, and she was, I mean, steaming angry. What, what's your BBC thing? I want, I want to hear it. I got a couple thing. of funny BBC things. One of them is, I, the, since we're on the topic, but the let, tidbit, let, yeah. because apparently people aren't getting the, the big picture here. So let's drop in a, a tidbit when we do our our, our uh, tease for the story, which is the BBC report on Ambassador has tidbits tidbit. if, a tidbit. for you idiots. A tidbit. By the way, what what is the uh, etymology of tidbit? Is this like a, a small bit of a tid? Is, oh. In America and also around the globe. No American ambassador has been killed in the line of duty since 1979. Ah, yes. But today the flags have been put at half mast here in honor of Chris Stevens. The U.S. ambassador to Libya and three other diplomats were killed in a raid on the American consulate in Benghazi. The White House is investigating whether the attack was planned, and President Obama has promised to bring the killers to justice. Our Middle East editor, Jeremy Burke. Yes, so the tidbit, of course, is a throwback to 1979, and this, of course, was the Reagan hostage situation. Am I correct? Carter. Uh, Carter. Carter. But, but right, but then Reagan came in and saved the day. Yeah, in 81. 
Right, but the the hostage the guy was killed in '79, and then they had. If you remember, Frank, here's a here's what people don't yeah, nobody remembers this. But I, this I is the October surprise. This is the why October surprise took place. Well, actually, it was longer than an October surprise. It it took place a year earlier, and they grabbed American hostages and they kept them for damn maybe over a year. And and ABC Nightline with Frank Reynolds had decided to make this stupid blunder of, we are going to cover this uh, every day until it's resolved. <laughs> and they went on to, like, this is day 306. Yeah. And so the show was ruined. Yeah. Nightline was ruined, ruined and they had to bring in Ted Koppel and get rid of Reynolds because this, this stupid idea of, like, yeah. doing this. Yeah. So it went on forever, and then they finally got the hostages out, and then the October surprise yeah. was actually us getting them out. Yeah. Uh, well, let this be a lesson. No, it was, I think media. Carter tried to get him out, and it was, the no, whole no, thing no. Was the whole mess, thing is, and the whole thing is that uh, Reagan and people that I'm familiar with held back on the rescue. They said, "Hey, guys, hold on to them a little bit. We're going to get Reagan in." Boom. Yes, that, that's that's the th that's, that's the, the believed that's uh, the, scenario. That's the October but that, surprise that didn't happen theory. at the very last minute. Yeah. By the way, the other one, which is Hillary moaning about this situation, I thought the BBC was a little. Uh, uh, I have just another little small clip. It's a little bit of a side note, but it's Hillary is being teased. This is another teaser. And then they jump to a tease of some other topic that I thought the juxtaposition of these two stories uh, was a bit uh, with lacked uh, taste. Ambassador, how could this happen in a country we helped liberate in a city we helped save from destruction? Killed for being gay, a BBC investigation. <laughs> well, it's so funny because that, that was actually my next clip is this is exactly this. Today, many Americans are asking. Indeed, I asked myself, oh. how could this happen? How could this happen in a country we helped liberate in a city we helped save from destruction? Well, um, it's not because you're gay, although I think the juxtaposition, as you said, is very funny. Um, maybe this will ring a bell. Unconfirmed. Yes, we came. We saw. He died. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that would be, maybe, I don't know. I mean, that could have something to do with it. It's just a thought there. Just a thought. Although, I don't think so. Good dig. <laughs> not bad, huh? <laughs> get that one out of the, out of the archives. I had to get it out pretty quickly. So, um... Very, very, very interesting. There's, there's all these really weird um, facts surrounding this. So I, I, I think we both agree that Hillary had nothing to do with this. Um, who, this is a real amateur, real, real amateur job. Whoever uh, decided to make this attack about uh, this movie, because the thing's been out there since uh, July. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's, there's no guy who even ex and the whole. It's just a really, really, really bad movie, I think, called, uh, what was it, Desert something or other? Uh, hold on. I have it here. It, it, it's, it's very specious. It's very sketchy that this movie would have anything to do with this, this assassination. Uh, I think it may be an intelligence uh, war going on between the intelligence agencies. Most Many people of the diplomatic corps, you had an intelligence guy killed in this uh, attack, and, mm -hmm. and the, the, the uh, ambassador himself... I would suspect is probably CIA. Oh, Hello. It, you know, well, I mean, if you listen to it, I actually have a clip that gets his background, and you can really tell 
that uh, he, oh yeah, no, uh, he's, he's he's I think he was even at Berkeley. I mean, the yeah, whole, yeah, he went to Cal oh, Berkeley. Yeah. If you remember, that is oh, our yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's, go-to that's our go-to sky, spy school. Yeah. Well, here's the uh, the other guy, the intelligence official, uh, Sean Smith. Uh, he. <laughs> This is a great review. I think this is also from the BBC. Sean Smith was a husband and father of two. He's no, he's not BBC. MSNBC. Served with the State Department for a decade, had been stationed all over the world. This is how he looked in real life. But this is how he looked in his other life. See, Sean Smith was known as Vile Rat, an influential <laughs> online gamer. Even the, even the guy's laughing at you. He's dead, and he's even laughing on the news. You laughing heard? at a dead guy? Jeez. Yeah. In a cyber bad. community with almost half a million members. This is how Smith kicked back. It's how he relaxed in the middle of a political powder keg in Benghazi. The game is called EVE Online. It's a massive multiplayer game that lets thousands of people from all over the world interact in real time. Despite the wicked sounding name, Vile Rat was a diplomat for one of the game's biggest alliances. So he's a guy who loved his job so much that when he went home at night, he turned on his computer. Now, this, by the way, is bullcrap. He was actually playing the game when uh, the attack occurred, according to uh, reports I've seen from people who are on this, uh, uh, this, this multiplayer game site where he actually started typing, oops, I've got gunfire, gotta go. The guy was always playing the game. Well, he may have been using it as an intelligence source. Thank you. And did it all again virtually. In fact, Vile Rat was gaming when the consulate came under siege. Oh, there you go. He wrote, quote, He didn't go home to kick back and rely. He's on the, he's, he's gaming at work. Assuming we don't die tonight. It's job. Thank you. We saw one of our police <laughs> guard the compound taking pictures. Within hours of making that joke in the cyber world. Okay. So, uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, this was a huge spy operation. But I, I don't know if it was necessary, necessarily intelligence because the two, well, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying the gaming thing, I mean, it's a known oh, that's, fact. That's that, totally, the, yes. But, and I can't believe that MSNBC would just, I mean, they, they're so shallow with their, with their analysis. It's <laughs> ludicrous. Well, Vile Rat. I mean, you don't even see the humor in that name. But the, here's the, here's the real question. So uh, if I look at this. What I th- I think what probably happened in the reverse, or you know, we know that in Cairo, in Egypt, they're all angry. They were like yelling for Hillary Clinton to go. I mean, you can just turn on the camera and and you can say, oh, now we have people angry outside the embassy. Probably almost any embassy um, uh, that we have, there's always going to be someone who's pissed off at us. Remember when Hillary Clinton went to meet Morsi, and and there were people screaming, "Clinton, get out! We hate you! Go away!" I mean, so this is. This is not like a big deal. I think the Libyan thing, something else happened there. Um, and I believe it was probably uh, Department of Defense, um, but more than likely military industrial complex because the two douchebags who immediately came out and had something to say with it are the main guys when it comes to Libya. And we know that we've had some problems in Libya. You know, like we, you know, it hasn't been as quiet as we wanted it to be. But and the Chinese are trying to were trying to sneak right. in, and they built a refinery and they burned right. that down. Right. So, so what did we really need to have happen? Well, the breaking news report, of course. Aaron, thanks. Good evening, everyone. There is breaking news tonight: American warships and U.S. Marines on the move, drones airborne, and what appears. <laughs> We got ships and marines on the moves. We got we got drones airborne. Woo-hoo, baby, we're coming down to Libya. I think we needed a reason to be there. 
we needed to get in. And uh, I have one little piece of information which no one has discussed. Well, we're not going to kill our own people to do that. No, I, d- I don't think they meant to kill these guys. I don't think, but it, th- the attack was planned. It was, you know, some rebel group that was used, you know, whoever. They just, you know, they just took the money. Well, okay, no okay let's back it. up a second and, and reanalyze this with that in mind. Let's say, say it was it was a false flag. It was an attempted assassination. They weren't gonna, supposed to kill anybody, and they screwed it up, and these guys died, and that's why Hillary was mad. Well, man, yeah. Yes, because they killed one of her her dudes. This was not the idea. Here's the thing that no one has discussed at all. On September 11th, it was the first runoff vote for the prime minister of Libya. And the guy who was in was Mahmoud Jabril. Remember this Jabril, Jabril Jabroni that we've been yeah, looking Jabril at? Yeah, Jabril Jabroni. Right. So he... Beat in the first round, the way they do it in multiple rounds, in the first round, he beat his competitor, Shagur, with 86 to 55 votes. Then all of a sudden, this happens, and then the next day, on September 12th, Shagur beats the guy, and he is now the new prime minister of Libya. No one has talked about this. Of course, Mustafa Shagur, very interesting guy. (laughs) He... um, he was born in Libya, and then he, uh, gee, he went back to the States to get his uh, Ph.D. and uh, received multiple research awards and grants from NASA, NSF, Department of Defense, FAA. And then he went back in 2011, and now all of a sudden he's prime minister after something happens, huge change. He was behind 86 to 55 votes, and now he beats it with 96 votes. This, I think, is where something was taking place. They needed to get the old guy out because he wasn't performing his duties. It wasn't happening. You know, we weren't able to get all of our. And you had to put our guy in. And we, we had big. And you know what? You know whose guy it is? I can tell you whose guy it is. It's uh, McCain's guy and Lieberman's guy. Oh, those they, two. Oh, yeah. You want to hear what McCain? He had a whole eulogy on the floor. A whole eulogy about him. I kept in touch with him often and frequently after my visit. I was very happy when President Obama nominated him to be America's ambassador to the new Libya. The last time I saw Chris Stevens was shortly after he had taken up his post during my most recent visit to Tripoli. I especially remember the lighter moments we spent together, including when Chris insisted on personally making me a cappuccino a task that he carried out with as much pride and proficiency as his diplomatic mission. This is the comparison John McCain makes. This is this is McCain at, at his best. The disdain for a dead guy to say he made his cappuccinos the way he did his job is just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. That was on the morning of July 7th. The day Libyans voted in their first election in half a century. And see, that's what really tipped me off to it, is that the, the McCain is thinking about the elections, and these, of course, were the previous elections. And I think that our, uh, we really needed something to be stirred up, and maybe our buddy here, the cappuccino maker, just wasn't, you know, he, he was, you know, maybe because he's on uh, Hillary's team and Jabril is him, it was Hillary's guy, they had to remove everything, and the message was clear. You know, you're out, you're out, we're taking you out, everyone's out, we have a whole new changing of the guards. 
So if it was CIA or Department of Defense or military industrial complex, I'm not quite sure, but it was definitely a big F you to the State Department. I think, you know, we've pretty much established that. You want to hear Lieberman? No, uh, I love hearing you. By the way, I have a clip. I want to play a little Lieberman clip. When he talked, I have the clip of him where he sounds plastered. <laughs> Should we play that first? <laughs> let's, let's hear him plastered and see if it was the same well, when it, he was I, on the floor. I, I asked the question, is he plastered? You can play it and tell me what you think. President Obama, uh, to become our ambassador to Tripoli after the Gaddafi regime fell. This is also why his death at the hand of violent extremists in Benghazi, which was the seat of the revolution against Gaddafi, is so tragic and infuriating. No, I don't think he's, uh, no. I think he's, I uh, he, no, he's on some kind of uh, mild antidepressant, maybe. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's plastered. Now, here's okay. the, here, this, this, this the more. fact is that the people who killed Chris Stevens yesterday in Benghazi do not represent the people of Libya or their elected leadership. Uh-huh. No, they represent a bunch of some agency. Yeah, or some a-holes that you work for. But these uh -oh. killings yeah. require confronting the extremist minority that imperils this future. The fanatics who want a clash of civilizations between Muslims and the West. Now, this is interesting because he is talking real... Uh, it's, you know, real warmongering Muslims, extreme Islam. He's not using the words, but he's really saying, hey, you know, we got to go after all. That. I think that a lot of this was just like, we got to get some military movement going. We got to get some, you know, we got to get some stuff happening. We got to, you know, we, we got to get stuff going on. And who will try to justify their violence in the name of Islam. They are wrong. They are mistaken. They are on the wrong side of history. Uh. And finally, let me come back home and say, to echo what Senator McCain has said, that I know there'll be some here in our country who, in the wake of this attack, will be tempted to argue <clears throat> that it shows that America's support for the Libyan revolution was na naive or mistaken, that the Arab Spring will ultimately be defined not by a desire for democracy and freedom among the people of the Middle East and Arab world, but by the dark fanaticism of al-Qaeda and its associates. And the United States should give up trying to support people in this part of the world instead of, and instead, retrench <laughs> back here at home. Maybe he was a little plastered. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a little plastered. The funny thing is, uh, well, actually, by the uh, way, this this uh, the wrong side of history is a Marxist-Leninist. Uh, well, well, Hillary problem. says that all, she uses it all the time. Yeah, and it comes from it's Karl Marx. I think it's in one of his books. I mean, J.C. Oh, really? was the yeah, it's it's a Marxist-Leninist uh, oh, uh, cool. uh, uh, meme. Well, surprise, surprise. Uh, so Hillary was actually on this morning. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, uh, I was real bummed out because I was recording it, and I and I came back. I went to the bathroom, came back, and the recording was like ruined. It didn't didn't record on my on my DVR. But luckily, you know, after like thirty minutes, finally someone put it up online. No, now she went back and she now she's really playing up this fake, uh, this fake movie angle, and this was surprising to me. It, it, it appears to me that perhaps someone said, "You know what? You got to keep this story alive, or we're going to do more." Have a listen. Tell me what you think. I also want to take a moment to address 
uh, the video circulating on the Internet that has led to these protests. See, now very different story. Yesterday, some say, today, it has led to this. Uh, in a number of countries. Let me state very clearly, and I hope it is obvious, that the United States government had absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with this video. Does she really feel that was necessary to say that? I'm wondering what that's all about. And she used the absolutely thing, which is always, yeah, always a tell. Clearly it's, you know, whatever. Absolutely. We absolutely Ab twice. reject. We absolutely. Absolutely reject. Content and message. America's commitment to religious tolerance goes back to the very beginning of our nation. And... As you know, we are home to people of all religions. This is like another minute and a half, uh, but it's very important we listen to it. because I, I, I enjoy listening okay. to her. <laughs> I, sometimes I just do it before I go to bed. I just like put on a little Hillary tape and snooze. Many of whom came to this country seeking uh, the right to exercise their own religion. Did you uh, see her, by the way? She's got Now she's got her hair completely pulled back, and uh, she's in her... Um, it's a whole different mode for her. She had a whole bunch of bracelets yeah. that are jingling, jangling. This, this stuff is important. This is all thought about. Including, of course, millions of Muslims. And we have the greatest respect for people of faith. To us, to me personally... This video is disgusting and reprehensible. Interesting. To us, to me personally, do you think that she meant to replace the to us or just as an addition? Play it again. Because it, it... Can you play I, a little I, section again? Yeah. I wasn't sure if she was saying to us, I mean to me personally, or just in addition. ...of faith. To us, to me personally... This video is disgusting and reprehensible. What do you think? I think it, I don't think it was a, bl a flub. You think, I think it, she think may, it's just adding on, adding on? She may have she may have said to, to us may have been the line, and then she and then she to reemphasize it. She oh, okay. said to me personally. That's so, what I think. So she, what she meant was to to me and Huma. <laughs> 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 to us, I have a mouse in my pocket. <laughs> it appears to have a deeply cynical purpose to denigrate a great religion, and to provoke rage. Yeah, about the incredibly bad acting, and this is not provoking rage. All right. Uh, here, here comes something curious, though. But as I said yesterday, there is no justification, none at all, for responding to this video with violence. We condemn the violence that has resulted in the strongest terms. And we greatly appreciate that many Muslims in the United States and around the world have spoken out on this issue. Violence, we believe, has no place in religion and is no way to honor religion. Now, here it comes. Our country does have a long tradition of free expression, which is enshrined in our Constitution and our law. And 
We do not stop individual citizens from expressing their views no matter how distasteful they may be. Okay, so far so good. I think we need to rein that in a bit, Hillary. There are, of course, different views around the world about the outer limits of free speech and free expression. But there should be no debate about the simple proposition that violence in response to speech is not acceptable. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think she was pushed out to do this. Well, I'm here's the way I would see it now with the, listening more and more to it. Uh, this was a failed operation of some sort. No one was meant to die. I don't think the ambassador was meant yeah, to and die. I, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Guys, too much. I mean, this guy, if you look at his background and yeah. all he's done and everything about yeah. him, yeah. he is way too valuable an asset to, yeah. to lose. I mean, he, I mean, and it he was, was hard. a huge, it's like losing a, you know, a $10, 20000000 million asset. Like a rook. Yeah. So he, so that, which made her angry during the first part of this. And now... They they have to have a cover story so people don't start really looking into this. So let's right. stick with, with this video thing. It's the best we've got yep. as a bogus excuse for what happened. And so, but Hillary already kind of screwed that up. So she had to come out and make good. Do it again. That's exactly and what, so she, exactly so right. She came out yep. and she's back on the track. And the and then to make things even more distracting, let's get this Cairo thing cranked up. Mm-hmm. So people are looking at what's going on there because let's you know this is the distraction of the week style of oh, yeah. you know let's distract people in, by this Cairo demonstration and then get off the anyone really looking into what happened here because this wasn't uh, this was not how it was, it was supposed to, to go be. down. And yeah. meanwhile, of course, they're bringing. In this, these ships, like why? Well, well, I mean, if they if they had if they had, which I believe may have been one of the things they tried to do, which was to kidnap a group of people Ooh, the way they right. did in 1979. Really right? play the whole thing. Oh, play the whole thing over exact the exact same script is what you're saying. Yeah, use that same script, kidnap them, mm-hmm. and then you have the excuse to bring in the the ships. Right, but you killed them. Damn. So there's no there's no reason to bring in the ships now, but they're bringing them in anyway. So what are we going to do? Let's distract everybody, and so we don't notice we're bringing in a bunch of ships and drones and God knows what yeah. for no apparent reason. There's I tell no you, reason to do that. I tell you what, let's uh, go to the videotape. Let's check in on uh, uh, on Cairo. Has the Egyptian government condemned this attack on the United States embassy? Uh, it's funny the Egyptian government's response here, and it has not been one that uh, I think has been very pleasing to many U.S. officials. The U.S., if you remember, Washington had a fabulous relation with President Mubarak, uh, so close that many Egyptians were very upset about that. Uh, Right now, the Muslim Brotherhood, not speaking exactly for the president, but the new Egyptian president is from the Muslim Brotherhood, says it is calling for demonstrations against denouncing religion or in sort of in- I think the message is uh what what <laughs> we this did- against the pro this against the pro demonstrations against the positive negative I don't know what he's saying it's complete it's like they're com- like what this was we, this wasn't this was not in the where's the where's the where's the kidnapping where's the, who wrote this yeah where's the ki- I, John I let's just summarize cuz I think you know this is why people tune into our show early on um, I think we've nailed it. So the point was, and uh, and this was so we we agree this is not a Hillary move. And of course, Hillary doesn't want uh, Obama to win because she wants a Republican in, to, and she and she'd love to have idiot Mitt Romney in to screw it all up so she can come in 2016 on her white horse. Right. I would say that that's probably. I, I think 
between Bill and Hillary, uh, yeah. I, I have to. You have to believe that that's yeah. what they're. That's, that's what, what the long term plan would be. For. They can get because they've had they had this happen. George Bush uh, Senior was only in for one term, and he didn't really screw up that much. No, he just didn't, didn't have his plan for the uh, for the reelection. The Japanese guy, but besides that, <laughs> I think that was kind of a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it was good, and so he, so he was in for one term and out. Yeah, and and being the head, ex head of the CIA, you'd think he'd have a little, little have better a little, shot little at pull. it, right? Yeah, you'd but have no. something lined up exactly. So he's done, and so they can they know it's possible to get a guy in for one term where they could drive him out like they did Nixon. Right, but they know it's possible, so it's better for Hillary. Because Hillary hasn't got a prayer if Obama if, – let's assume that no. the cycle theory and everything is correct and the economy goes into the toilet no, no, and we're, stays there. We're not just she, assuming. We're, we're believers, John. Well, I am. Yeah, I'm a believer. So she is toast doomed. in yeah, 2016. Doomed. Yeah. But if Romney gets in and all his big talk, he doesn't do anything, and they can point their fingers and say, oh, just another George Bush. They'll, do they'll, be do they'll be carrying her in like she's the Queen Sheba. Yeah, so she yeah. has to be for yeah. Romney winning. Yeah, Absolutely. of course. Absolutely. Of course. So that's so she was not, uh, of course, she was not kept in the loop. Um, I think I really like your... I'm not convinced of that, by the way. That she wasn't in the loop? Because if, if they're going to do an October surprise, they're going to get kidnapped hostages. No. Why wouldn't she no. ha- be in... The, why wouldn't she want to be have something to do with that? It because, seems to me she well, because, would. Well, because this is coming from the Obama administration or whoever is running the show, and they want Obama reelected. They want to they roll the script. They want to they play the 1979 Carter-Reagan script. Uh, so we got to go and kidnap somebody. We've got McCain and Lieberman. They're like... Hey, hey, come to our well, come to our neighborhood. We got everything well, all mean, the, set up. But the thing is, when it they, when it happened in seventy nine, it got the other guy in office. Unless you're thinking that Obama's trying to kill his own reelection. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I I, I don't the this you don't. I mean, the, the, it's not exactly the same scenario. But of course, if we could, listen. Before uh, this happened, it was all about the economy, about jobs. We needed something dramatic to change the news cycle. It had to change. It had to move away from uh, from the failure in this country to something that the president can handle. So by changing this immediately to foreign policy, making Romney look like an a-hole, which I'm almost convinced this is all in the script. Hey, man, you come out early and say something really stupid. Okay. Oh, I'll do that. And then, and then we'll come out and we'll make you look even stupider. You know, it's like it, it makes so much sense that if we can have some hostages. All right. Okay, we have the, I, I the fleet we ready. Can, we, we don't but, have. I mean, we have at least we know something's screwy about this whole thing. Uh, unlike everybody else, apparently. Well, so. I, I, what, the thing that I like is that we had the fleet ready. The drones are in the air. Marines are on the move. And we were coming in. And, and now they're just, they're just off the coast going like, oh, what now, Wolf? Because, of course, you're right. There's nothing left to do. Uh, the only thing now is now that they've brought Hillary back in. I just wonder because now, you know, now, of course, you actually have people going around to embassies going like, hey, screw you, America, which may not be groovy. You know, some I don't know if anything will happen or anything could come of it, but it, it's botched. Definitely it's botched. Totally botched. It's botched. Whatever it was. Yeah. Do you, I, you know, just because I have them, can we just play some? Because no one is playing anything from that movie. I just have like a couple of short Yeah, play a couple of uh, little okay. bits from it. All right. So this is, uh, now it was called Desert Warrior. And, uh, you know, they've already tracked down uh, one of the actors in the movie who actually has it on her IMDb, probably displaying Desert Warrior. 
And uh, the whole, it was just a really, really, really crappy, bad movie. Actors literally in a green screen room. That spoke, <laughs> they projected the desert onto it. <laughs> you see like tire tracks everywhere. <laughs> this is just hilarious to watch. But all of the horrible things that are being said about the Prophet Muhammad, etc., is all overdubbed in a completely different voice. So this movie was not made with this in mind. They just, just someone just went, "Hey, I still got this really crappy movie. Let's just overdub some stuff." And it'll, it, which could and have happened yesterday. And got translated to Arabic and was shipped over supposedly. Oh, I mean, how did that yeah. happen so yeah. quick? So here's a couple of choice bits, uh, clips from the movie. Why do they do that? Oh, this is very funny. So here's a father and his daughter, and he is trying to explain that man. And he has a whiteboard in his living room that man plus radical Muslim, which is overdubbed, <laughs> uh, equals death or some crap like that. And, and he's writing something entirely different on his whiteboard. So, but you can hear the difference so in the man audio. man and radical Muslim have well, been together since the beginning of radical Muslim. It's, that kind of thing? It's not as good in this one that's in the next clip. But this is the first one where you can hear her ambient sound and then we're going to go to him. It's completely different. Why do they do that? Protect Islamic crimes. It <laughs> gets better, it gets better. Police committed fraud upon the Christians. They could save thousands of lives and billions of dollars of taxpayers' money. We're off to the white Man bit. plus X equals Islamic terrorist. <laughs> Do you hear it? <laughs> Man plus X equals Islamic terrorist. <laughs> Islamic terrorist minus sex <laughs> equals man. But what? it's literally like I'm sitting here and saying, you know, I really love homosexual men, and uh, it's like, like completely putting it in there. It's so it's freaking so obvious. Here's another one. What we are killed in the battle. Muhammad is Allah messenger, and the Quran is our constitution. Yeah! 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 So that's a bit where the guy is saying something completely different. Just, I mean, the lips aren't even in sync, and you can hear the first bit before it, and then we move into this this uh, Allah thing. What if we are killed in the battle? Muhammad is Allah messenger, and the Quran is our constitution. Yeah! Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. And then here's my favorite one, uh, where they dubbed in um, the prophet being gay. Daughter shall have the stars. Is your Mohammed a child molester? <laughs> My daughter's been a child, and he's 55 years old. He's 53, not 55. <laughs> and he has wealth and power. My daughter shall be his bride, whether he say yes or no. Is the messenger of God gay? Yes, he is. <laughs> and Omar also. And I love the echo effect. He said that? Yes, he is. And Omar also? also? <laughs> yeah. That's in there? Yeah. It sounds like it does. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, this is bull but, crap. But, but just, they, this has been rigged. Uh, no, you think? But listen to, you know how when you... Uh, not even a good job. I mean, not, I mean it's rigged horrible, by an amateur. No, it's a horrible job because... Here's, if it was done by the agency or somebody in <laughs> no, Washington no, that no, knew no. what they were doing, or Hollywood for that matter, no, it would have been slicker. This is, one of, this is why I'm saying it's a huge amateur job. Whoever did this is probably, if not fired, dead. But just 
listen to the echo effect they're trying to end the sentence with. It's really, really funny because the echo continues all the way through the next piece of dialogue. My daughter shall be his bride, whether he say yes or no. Is the messenger of God gay? Yes, he is. And Omar also. <laughs> I didn't know Omar was gay. That's funny. My goodness. That is the worst. Isn't it, 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 isn't it amazing? Uh, isn't it amazing? Of course, no one will ever play this for you on uh, the real radio. Or on the re- you know, just here in our little you know, play. On the, main, on the corporate media, you mean? No, no, real. This is... Uh, we're here at Play School. This is just our little, uh, our little, you know, we're not real. We're not, we're not real media, you see. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Then the whole, and because I, I showed it to Mickey, and Mickey's like, were these guys SAG? SAG. <laughs> we got to find these people. He said, they're in LA. You know they are. Oh, yeah. They're, they're totally. <laughs> we got a cheap we gotta, production. We got to find them. Uh, so, uh, anyway. So, Definitely got to get a hold of the sound guy. Oh, now, but, you know, this is all ADR. They all did this after the fact. This is just a really, really. This is, this is a 10,000. This is. This is like a first-year AFI student movie, you know, and then you fail. You get a, don't even get a passing grade for it. That's how bad it is. And, you know, this, this whole concocted story of $5 million and Israeli businessman. I mean, what, what, what entity, John, could come up with such a flimsy story yet is powerful enough to force Secretary of State Clinton to go out and corroborate it the next day? What I mean, that has to be military money. I, I don't see it being intelligence. I just don't because she knows how to fight those guys, you know, and they're not that stupid. They wouldn't do it that they would. They, they wouldn't. Do yeah, this. you're right. They would have done a hell of a lot better job than this. This is mediocre. It's not. Probably it's also not, is it's, anger, sir. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, yeah. This is what you. This is what you're going to try is, to sell us, the public. Well, God, well, maybe they won't. You know, let's take it off the, get it off the net, whatever you do, so nobody actually looks at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that could that can definitely be a reason why she's angry as well. But I'm just, who could be that powerful? I only think this to me has McCain all over it. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of stuff McCain would do. Ah, that's good enough. They're stupid. Yeah, I'm not going to argue about that. So McCain that, is definitely behind something. So that would mean military-industrial complex. You know, it's it's probably some one of these uh, one of these contractors, and they subcontracted it out. Someone, yeah, I I, I got. Well, five. let's do. Here's the what we here's the easy way to figure out who it was. Let's you wait. We wait about four, five, six months, uh-huh. and we 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 just keep watching our, uh, Iraq, or I'm sorry, Libya, mm-hmm. and then we see what big contract was just filed and who got it who got the right. money somebody's gonna right. get a lot of money that's the the guy <laughs> that's the guy that would be him and and the crazy thing is that um on september 11th channel four in the uk canceled airing uh a actually quite an interesting documentary which question Islam's origins? Um, the untold story is uh, what it's called, and uh, of course you can find it on BitTorrent. Uh, historian Tom Holland. It's like an hour and a half, and uh, I can see. And, and of course they they didn't air it because they received threats from the Islamic community, and this was like a real 
you know, there was real money in this. You know, the guy traveled and he's trying to find the history of uh, of Islam and Muhammad. And he goes uh, to the Holy City and he goes to Mecca. And, you know, it was a real and it was a very interesting document. And I, I don't want to get too much into the content of it because it, it was like, wow, it was very strange. Um uh, you know, basically saying that, you know, uh, this Muhammad thing, you know, there's no written history except for the Quran. There's nothing else. There's no tablets. There's no no other books, nothing. And they canceled it for security reasons. Um, uh, it's called the untold story because when you when you hit the uh, the Google, you get a novel by Monica something, the untold story of Hong Kong crime thriller with, with Anthony Wong. And I, I, there's like no references to this thing. Um, according to, uh, uh, Taylor, who is the, uh, I guess he produced it, uh, media coverage was a factor in whipping up, quote, a false storm of protest over the program, which she described as a good bit of history. So, you know, they could have used, and maybe they intended to, but they could have used an actually a really good program. Uh, but I guess because, you know, they, they didn't have America. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Boy, this is buried, too. This, I mean, really buried. Uh, the story behind canceled UK is a UK documentary. Yes, yes, yes. Channel uh, 4. Yeah. Suggesting Islam is a made-up religion by some historian, Tom Holland, who looks like a... a uh, I have to see this guy's picture. To, <laughs> hey, he, you, he looks, you just went helium on me. Uh, yeah, sorry. Hey, hang on. Yeah, sorry. Right. Don't worry. I I have all kinds of good stuff to play. Well, I, <laughs> in fact, uh, let me bring out Omar again because that's just my favorite. Daughter shall have the stars. Is your Mohammed a child molester? Our daughter's been a child, and he's fifty-five years old. He's fifty-three, not fifty-five, and he has wealth. And what, by the way? Hold on, I want to hear Omar again. Can Omar, hold on. Whether we say uh, yes I'm, or I'm, I'm t- can you hear me? We've heard her Omar twice. No. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, what is the point of making the of the of the voice oh, fifty three, not fifty five? What is the point of that? There's some historical reference. Probably there must be an argument or something. Yeah, probably like you know, just more stuff. And it, who knows? The whole thing is bogative. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So this Channel Four documentary, they pulled that on the same day that this one all of a sudden ramps up and and gets some. Some some coverage. Uh, the documentary though, I saw it. You know, it's a, you can bit torrent the it. untold story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. You know, I, I I have no idea if it's true or not. You know, the guy's basically saying, you know, this. You know, uh, when the Arabs took over um, uh, Israel uh, or when they moved in initially, uh, no one knew what their religion was, and there's no documentation. That's what he. That's the, the kind of the premise. Is like all of a sudden. A hundred years after Muhammad lived, that's when uh, everything appeared, the Quran, etc. I don't know. I don't know. But it was nicely made. It wasn't like a piece of crap like this. So I don't know if that was part of it, if, if they decided not to use that. But it, there was definitely a little skirmish, and then that got pulled. Well, the, the thing's definitely somewhat suppressed, obviously. Yeah. Uh, this was running in L. Arabian news. Mm. It's the only reference I can find to it. Mm. So, yeah. And so, the guy was threatened on Twitter. This is your new, mo- welcome to the new modern age. Oh, would you, you know, this is the, uh, this, this is really big. 
Uh, we just move right. Let's just move right away from this topic. This is now happening in Australia. This is how we go with being threatened on Twitter, everybody. The New South Wales Premier says he'll call on the federal police to investigate a vile Twitter attack aimed at rugby league star Robbie. So hold on. The violent Twitter attack. Oh, yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. It gets better. Farah. Last night, the West Tigers captain was targeted by an internet troll. Trolls! Who posted sickening, sexually explicit tweets about Farah's mother. Like, your mother wears army boots. Who passed away in June. Premier Barry O'Farrell has thrown his support behind the player, saying it shouldn't matter who the target is, it is completely unacceptable, and that he wants to work with the federal police to stop it. <laughs> So now if you say something uh, nasty, uh, like your mother wears army boots, <coughs> then uh, then uh, the federal police might come after you. Be yeah, very good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be very, very good. <laughs> we were watching um, X Factor last night. Uh, they kicked off the season. And uh, they had a huge bullying thing. Uh, on the show, it, it, it was so well done, John. Uh, you know this girl Demi; she's like a Disney kid, and she was bullied, and she started that whole "Stay Strong" movement about mm -hmm. bullying. And uh, so, I don't have any clips or anything. And and so, this girl gets up on stage, and then she says, "You know, I love you as a judge because I had the same tattoo when I was bullied." And then she sang her song, and she was crying, and Simon Cowell's crying. Everyone's crying, and she was strong, and she showed the bullies. It was really like, wow, man, they really laid it on thick. Although, I will say it was kind of cool that they didn't, you know, like you know, we had, it was basically you can beat bullies by being better than them. So that was kind of a good message. But it was clearly a setup. It's really interesting what's going on in television these days. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I was, if it, we had just switched roles and I had just did what you did uh, or done what you did, I would uh, be you as me would excoriate. I don't see why you're watching this crap. Uh, no, you wouldn't, because. Um, it's not Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> and I, I introduced Honey Boo Boo to the staff at Mebio. And I did watch The New Normal. And by the way, it's Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Well, there's a Honey Boo Boo ban here on the show. I, I did watch The New Normal. You brought it up. I brought. I watched The New Normal. Did you watch The New Normal? Uh, you yes. forgot to watch The New Normal? I did. Oh, and I even texted you. Oh. I, I even texted you. I said, remember to watch the new normal tonight so you can kill yourself. You didn't get that text message? Well, I'm still alive. <laughs> Apparently not. So, uh... Did you get some clips? No, because I, I thought oh. I was convinced you'd have the clips. Oh. I can't believe you didn't have I that. I don't know why I didn't. I, I, I screwed up. Oh, man, that's really bad. Well, it'll be on again next week. Well, so let me Will just, it? <laughs> no, I think it will. Let me just tell you that I have Give to it say two weeks. there's something I really like about it. Let me and let oh. me explain. The, uh, Ellen Barkin plays in this, and she plays the bigoted, crazy white lady who hates everything, but she says it. And this is what I like about the show. So she's literally like talking about the the two gay guys who are going to have uh, a child with her. Uh, granddaughter surrogate she's like what is this salami salami smoking uh, hut i'm in and you know, she's like i just landed in a blay and a gay and black sandwich soup 
to just like rolling out one one after another. Yeah, the Archie Bunker revisited. Perfect. And it's great. That I love. It's great. Yeah, so what's up with these salami smokers? I mean, really? That's on primetime. This is good. Yeah. I mean, the show is ridiculously horrible, completely stereotyping of any uh, male homosexual uh, relationship. I mean, like right down to the, everything, completely stereotyped. What what network is this on? Um, I think ABC? it's M- NBC, I think. I think it's NBC. Oh, that was a loser. NBC. Yeah, NBC. They're the worst. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but anyway, so before we go on to these other times, we better thank our executive producers yes. before we yeah, before get too far we, along. Wow, we, yeah, pushed we, it. we are, we have pushed it. Well, we had to get to the important news and I know our executive producers will appreciate that we do that. So we have, uh, one, two, three executive producers and one associate and uh, first executive producers, Richard Fowler from Aiken, South Carolina. And we looked and looked and looked beer geek is, uh, is, um, but something is one of his emails and uh, came in as an instant night with 10 six, nine, six, nine. Whoa. So I think that counts. Well, hold on. We, I think we have a, uh, I mean, counts as a, as a swazzle enough as a super. I think it does. Yeah. We have a, So he's uh, kind of a two twofer. That's your super swaz enough. Uh, so he's a twofer. Came with a thousand for nice. tonight and plus a sixty nine sixty nine and no comment. Now that's impossible. How can there be no comment from him? Well, I know. We, 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 you know, sometimes no. not everybody has to have these long winded comments. No offense to the long winded commenters. That's true. Uh, I'm just going to to look I, and I just like make this sure. th- this idea. <laughs> yeah, of no long winded comment, just rolling straight straight. Well, it's obvious the com the comment. He's making his point right there. He's saying, I meant to do 69-69, but my finger slipped on the keyboard. Uh, and then we have 444.44, which is a double uh, producership for uh, Sir, May, uh, Sir Dwayne Melanson in nice. Tigard, Tigard, Oregon. Wow. Tigger. Uh, in the morning, uh, Sir Dwayne here is still working on earning the barony of Oregon and getting very frustrated with the BS politics in this country. And you guys keep me saying thanks to your excellent deconstruction, especially lately around the conventions and other political tomfoolery. Congratulations on the five years of hitting people in the mouth, AK-47, and generic handguns to the max, baby. <laughs> and it's a 44444, which is just awesome. Uh, we'd sent this out in the, uh, I guess you sent it out in the newsletter. And yeah. this, of course, we have uh, episode four, 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 four coming up on uh, on, on Sunday. Sunday. So this is great, and it's a uh, four is a very nice rounded number. And, and by uh, the way, since he mentions AK forty seven, we should one of the topics we haven't really talked about too much in depth on the show, but we probably are going to get around to it, uh, which is the is the laughable uh, destruction of any potential for gun control as long as there's these uh, these three uh, D printers, which can now actually print a gun. Yeah. And there's been a number of guns. And, and the great thing is is that most of the gun uh, code, the code that you put into the printer to print the gun, is, open is public domain. Yeah, open source. It's out there. It's open yeah. source. Yeah. So you can print now. Now, of course, you need different kinds of materials so you can get a gun so you can fire it more than three times before it blows up. <laughs> but there's there's that's that's all covered by many of these, uh, these uh, systems. So you can do it. I mean, you can print a gun now. And that means what you you can't stop it. It's over. This gun control thing is done. People we just print. All right, what happened? I got to print myself a gun. Well, not only that, but it's gonna even ammo is going to be relatively simple. 
Yeah, ammo's a little harder to print because you need well, gunpowder. Yeah, you can't but, but, print gunpowder. But to manufacture, it's just it's just not all that hard anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make this a topic of discussion in a future show so people know that we, at least we're on it. Sir Douglas Garul, or Gerald, G-E-R-U-L-L, in Boulder, Colorado, Boulder. Boulder. 444. Nice. Uh, John's recent thank you to the Knights made me embarrassed. I have not contributed in a while. And while this and other donations from Knights, which, by the way, we forgot to say hello today. We haven't done it yet. Don't worry. We haven't done our in-the-morning greetings. Don't we? will. We'll get to, to the it Knights. in a moment. Aaron, is an unintended consequence or even an intended what good move? Uh, I will stay old school with the request and ask for a de-douching. For listening and not donating, mm-hmm. uh, and for any other transgressions I've been oblivious to, a shot of karma towards helping a great de- uh, helping close a deal on a project next week would be that I've been chasing for a while. It'd also be great. Also, thanks to you both for the good work. I sincerely hope Adam is right there. Is right that there are moon bases and Mars bases. However, I will continue to take some small pleasure in monitoring Curiosity's progress, just in case Adam is indeed crazy. At times and not faking it. Uh, cheers from Doug. Jerul. 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 Oh, Jerul. 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 All right, deducing and crime. I'm sorry, that was for you. I didn't mean that. Sorry. You've been deduced. You've got karma. You know what's happening is. It's now been uh, two weeks since uh, we stopped smoking, and now my eyesight has improved, but now it's gone the other direction. So now I ha- now it's like now I have to. You got to back up. I got to yes, I got to adjust the glasses the other way. So sorry. That's what it uh, is. And finally, uh, Felix Cornici in Farmingham, Connecticut, two hundred dollars. Uh, no, no agenda. Episode four forty. I asked for karma for my wife. It worked. Hey, the be- best investment I ever made. Forget the 401k and pension plans for everybody out there. Go with karma and keep the show running. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, whatever it means. Uh, so let us say right now, uh, John, in the morning to you. Oh, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships and sea boots on the ground, subs in the water. And to all the knights out there who listen religiously to our show and support us in a big way. And have formed a rather large club, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. And in the morning, of course, to all of the human resources who we see once again lined up, uh, charged up, ready to go in our chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And thank you to uh, Hero Protagonist for the artwork on our previous episode. Love to see your contributions at uh, noagendaartgenerator.com. And um, ooh, uh, we do have one PR thing that uh, one of our um, one of our producers is working on. It's not really ready for t- prime time. But it's it's something I think will really is what it's one of these things that everyone's always bitching about, and he finally went and made it. Uh, go to eclipse.curry.com, John, for a minute, and okay. uh, and check out. And you, now this is what he's done is he has a system where he takes an episode. This is episode four forty, and uh, you can just annotate it, and then you can skip to any bit in the in the stream to that particular um, to that particular part of the show. And this is something that people have always said, oh, it would be great if we could do that. And no one's ever done it. And he went ahead and did it. Huh. Go, uh, phone call. I'm looking at this. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I knew this would happen. <laughs> Sorry, I should have should have, uh, should have uh, thought about the fact that uh, when you're downloading audio, you go not just helium, you're now in uber oompa loompa mode. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, say something. Hey, everybody. 
It's John out here right now. Every time I go to a web page on this thing, this is what happens. So you shouldn't tell me to go to clips.curry.com. Be right back. <laughs> All right. So uh, we appreciate uh, uh, that initiative. Uh, looks like we're going to have some authoring for tools for that coming out <laughs> coming out very soon. Thank you very much to our executive producers, our 444 club members, and, of course, our associate executive producer. Without you, we could not get it done at all. Remember, you need to go to Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And of course, there's always, always, always our formula which needs to be propagated. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, All right. Are you back? Wow. I thought you'd at least be back by now. Hmm. Darn. All right. Well, hello. <laughs> what do we do now? Hmm. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Hello. <laughs> God. Why do we have this effect now? What did I you ask you? What did you say? What you've been doing what? You can't hear me? Say it again. You cut out. I've been using this exact same rig for almost five as of next month for five years with no changes. Oh, I, I take it back the first year and a half. I, I didn't use the PR 40 mic and I had a uh, preamp. But that, after that, it's still the same rig. So what's changed? And why why would you be blaming my rig when nothing's really changed for years instead of blaming the real problem, which is Skype and Microsoft? Okay. Easy does it. Skype and Microsoft. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Skype and Microsoft. You know, usually when someone says, I've had this for five years, it's time to upgrade something. There's nothing needing upgrading. It works great until just like about two months ago when, you know, I upgraded my Skype. No. I think we already determined that this is not Skype. That it Because what have you upgraded more than Skype? I can tell you what you've upgraded more than Skype. No, you can't. Firefox. Oh, yeah. Firefox. How about, um, oh, gee, Adobe? I, I'm not so quick to blame Skype on this. Okay, you, uh, you, you make a good point, especially the Adobe, that crappy, that miserable, uh, every day, the weekly update of Adobe's Flash. Yeah. I should just pull it off the system. Exactly. Breaking news, John. Breaking news here this early Thursday morning. We have Iran, Yemen, Egypt, and Libya. We're talking about all four this morning. New clashes now and anger. It's really spreading throughout the Middle East in the overnight hours. CNN reporting mobs of protesters outside the Swiss embassy in Tehran, Iran, which handles U.S. interests there and at the U.S. embassies in Sana'a, that is the, the capital of Yemen, and of course in Cairo in Egypt. That's right. They hate us. They hate us because they want better acting. <coughs> Wow. Yep, that's breaking that news. Breaking news. Crap. Let me see. Let me just look over here. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. You know, and, you know what I think? I'm just looking at here. U.S. warships move toward Libya. U.S. promise. I think you're... 
I just, yeah, we've got to move on from the topic, but you're so right because now, you know, the president still ha- kind of had that script, you know, we'll get whoever's responsible. You know, they, this whole thing was ready. The lower third, I can see CNN had the lower thirds ready to go. We'll get whoever's responsible. It's, uh, my goodness, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I like you. it when they roll the lower third before somebody says something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like, yeah, I know. I've seen that a couple times. Or they have the, the captions, so-and-so says, even though they're about to say it. Um, I got some interesting drug PR, which, uh, yeah. yeah it, so you kind of got me on this uh, Haldol thing. Uh, got me really interested in it. This is the gift that keeps keeps on giving. It really is. And um, now, if I recall correctly, you read about this from, was it Susan Lindauer, who was the, the whistleblower? She was a translator, uh, I believe. And she, because I, I read her book, I think. She was a, uh, yeah, she's like a, uh, a very big critic of a bunch of uh, stuff going on. She's on a lot of talk shows. Anyway, yeah. She said that they threatened her. They jailed her for no reason under terrorist charges. Right. And then threatened to hell doll her, and she knew that would be bad, and so she shut up until she got out. Well, um, so I, I, I read her book, which I have to say was pretty poorly written. I don't know if it was self-published or something. It, it, you know, a lot of mistakes in it, so rush job for sure. Uh, but here is uh, one of her interviews where she talks about Haldol, and of course we already went through the, you know, I'm still looking for someone to send me some Haldol because now I'm really, really interested in it. Uh. 30 days after I requested to testify, I woke to hear the FBI pounding on my front door with an arrest warrant, and I was arrested on the Patriot Act. I was the second non-Arab American uh, on the, uh, arrested on the Patriot Act, subjected to secret charges, were you tortured? Uh, I was locked up in prison on Carswell Air Force Base. I was held for five. I, I was under indictment for five years with no trial. I was held uh, I, when I was locked up in prison. The government declared that I was not competent to stand trial, and they requested permission to forcibly drug me. Here it comes. This is the, now. Write this down because this is what I want to try. With Haldol. Ativan and Prozac. Can we get that combo, John? You think we can get the the Haldol, Ativan, and Prozac as a perfect combo? Uh, who's who can we use to do the show after you've been <laughs> zombified? Well, listen to what actually happens to you just on the Haldol. She goes into a great. It's a commercial. And for all of you who are fortunate enough not, not to know what Haldol is, that's a chemical lobotomy. <laughs> uh, Haldol imitates the effects of Parkinson's disease, <laughs> so that uh, you be it has the effect of making you like a statue. You cannot walk or speak. You cannot write. You cannot read. You cannot process information. You are essentially a statue, a, 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 a drooling statue, <laughs> and you can't wash, bathe yourself. Uh, it's it's a horrible, horrible. I I need to try this. Send me some Haldol. I mean, it's a commercially available product. Now, but this—they're prescribing ruling statue. They're prescribing this tongue hanging. Wait, they're prescribing yeah. this for Tourette syndrome. I'm legit. I'm. Can I? I'm just going to go to the doctor. I'm just saying. I need some Haldol. I hear it's what I need. You know, I, <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, this sounds great. 
I'm like drooling. Better find out how long it takes to wear off. <laughs> and it's reserved in prisons for the mo- for what it's supposed to be reserved in prison. No, she doesn't say how long. No, I mean I'll do it after a Sunday show, so we'll at least have you know it shouldn't last more than four days. You know, up until, You'll the, hope. <laughs> until the next show, please. I'm not bathing you anymore, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to do is just hit one button. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Now, this next bit of uh, drug PR was beautiful. So we have this uh, Navy SEAL. You might have seen him on. Did you see the sixty Minutes interview? Oh, you know, I, I have, I have it. I've taped it. I watched part of it. I was going to sit down and actually deconstruct it and pull out some clips. I haven't done so. Okay, now it's. I don't know if it's really worth it. You know, the hush like ah, you know, it's it, it, just whatever. I don't think the guy is real. I don't think the story is real. You know, they couldn't put out the. The, the the Navy SEAL movies, so they had to. It's just like it's just. Oh, let's just make our make it real, make it like it really happened. Like I, I, I wouldn't argue that okay. that's a possibility. But in order to finance this, because you know it, it's a lot to get a book going, I'm pretty sure that the uh, pharmaceutical industry is involved. Now, this is probably because um, you're going to hear Aaron Burnett, Burnett, as we like to call her here in Texas. Um, she is going to mention some things in the book, and it's this this whole segment is a commercial, not just for Ambien, but how to actually use Ambien. But the reason it's in the book may be because you know because the chemical for Ambien is out of patent, and Lunesta I think is probably the U.S. competitor. But just listen to the PR. There's no doubt in my mind this is a commercial. Former Navy SEAL Matt Bissonnette is on the top of the bestseller list now with his book No Easy Day. He's one of the SEALs who killed Osama bin Laden. And in the book, there was this revelation. The SEALs team used Ambien to function. Bissonnette wrote, and I quote him. I pop- Did you hear Bissonnette wrote? <laughs> Did she just say Bissonnette wrote? To what it sounds used like. Ambien to function. Bissonette wrote, and I quote him. Uh, <laughs> hey, he wrote. He wrote. Hey, back off on the Haldol, uh, Burnett. <laughs> Bissonette wrote. I, poppied two, I popped two Ambien. My head was still cloudy from Ambien. It took me three times to get out. In his account, Bissonette took at least six Ambiens between the time he left the United States for the raid and the return flight from Pakistan, which is less than a week later. Always two at a time. Military psychiatrist Dr. Elspeth Ritchie is out front tonight. Dr. So now, now we bring in the doctor, who's the expert on uh, on Aunt Notice she's already said two at a time now. Dr. Ritchie, I think a lot of people were surprised uh, when when they heard this. Uh, let me just. No one was surprised. No one gives a. Cr- it's such an obscure reference in this book that he popped a couple Ambien and was groggy. I ask you this question: Does this surprise you? Is this um, that the, the Ambien use seems to be so commonplace? Ambien use is fairly commonplace, but in short dosages and short periods of time, it's often used both in the civilian world and the military <laughs> to have people be able to sleep on the long plane rides. It's a great drug. Which is not, so that when up. they get to where they're going, they are awake and refreshed and alert. Oh, this is alert. a commercial. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? It gets better, though, because now we're going to get into how much Ambien you should actually take. 
<laughs> oh, this is horrible. No, this is great. The fact that apparently he was still groggy after taking the Ambien, that is a surprise because he should have taken it earlier, <laughs> it should have worn off, and he should have been at full functioning. Because it's a great drug. He just didn't do it right. He was saying, um, in fact, in his book, he said both he and the other SEALs were taking Ambien two at a time. Two at a time. Um, you're not supposed to do that, according to the, the manufacturer. Um, ah, wait. Hold on a second. You trying to be critical of our pharma commercial here? I'll set you straight, Bernard. And he also said, in specifically on this case, that the day he flew to Pakistan, he tried to get through a gate that was locked with a combination lock, and it, he had to re-enter the code three times because he was so groggy from the Ambien. Well, Ambien is used for people to get to sleep. It wears <laughs> off fairly quickly, but it will make you sleepy. Now, I don't know about the two at a time because Ambien comes in 5 milligrams and 10 milligrams. So I'm not sure how much he actually took. But it does sound like that he was taking it too close to the time that he needed to be able to function. Now, I'll tell you, it's always a challenge, and it's something the military wrestles with. Right. How do you get people to sleep across these time zones or when they get to a new place and have them be awake and refreshed when they get there. It's not easy. Any traveler can tell you that. That's right. And any traveler should just take Ambien. Wow. This is this is just dreadful that they would do this. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, this is the this is for travelers, people who travel that or maybe you're going to go on vacation. You got you, your wife or husband's always moaning and groaning about the fact that you can't you get t jet lagged. Oh, yeah. well, well, let's get some Ambien. Look, look, military, yeah. military uses use it. it. Seals use it. We could change the packaging. Great job on the two-at-a-time comeback. Oh, it yeah. comes in fives. That would be two at a time. <laughs> it comes in five and ten milligrams. You just have to take it on time so that you have enough time to wake up. You didn't do it right. Yeah. Now approved. See, what is this lock gate combination? How did they know there was a... Well, how did they know the combination A well, no, this, and then this is B? The, this I is thought the, they just flew into the yard and ran up the stairs. This whole no, thing this, is... No, no, this is the... So the, the whole the, this is why I know it's a commercial is because, you know, when he went over to Pakistan, he, he just it's in the book. It's like, you know, pop to Ambien, went to sleep. And then when he came back after the raid, he was, you know, obviously he's he's amped, he's hyped, you know, he's whatever. And he he, he couldn't get out of a combination lock because he had took too many Ambien's or whatever. He hadn't done it right. Uh, but it's 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 like a throwaway in the book. And it's now being highlighted for the commercial. Ugh. Yeah, and um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd say it's a pretty effective commercial. I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh no! I mean, if you don't notice it's a commercial and you're being yeah. uh, suckered, yeah, by CNN it's, uh, because it's an embedded commercial. Oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a great ad. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about somebody taking Ambien. So I caught Amy Hello. Goodman. Wake, wake up, John. <laughs> wake up, wake up. <coughs> I caught Amy Goodman. I think they, they had the gun, the uh, confusion gun pointed at her. Oh, no. And, and So I caught, first, there was this one, play clip number two first. Oh, that makes and, sense. Because I, I actually produced this one a little bit so you can hear. I, I always thought it was Benjamin Netanyahu, <laughs> not <laughs> Ben blah, blah, Netanyahu. <laughs> So just play this and you hear your pronunciation. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been claiming to be in talks with the U.S. on setting a red line for Iran's nuclear program. Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> then the, then, 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 then. 
Okay, now I have clip one, which was the most amazing clip I've ever heard of this woman. And this is not edited. She makes the exact same, wait, she makes the exact same mistake twice. And it sounds like this. They're losing an appeal of a controversial controversial uh, conviction that many have compared to a political witch hunt. And you think it's funny when I talk about Pussy Riot and now you have to, like, bring this one out? Play it again. Come on, one no, more time. I heard it. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. They're losing an appeal of a controversial uh, controversial uh, conviction that many have compared to a political witch hunt. Hey, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> Go easy on her. No easy. Well, this whole Netanyahu thing is, uh, I have to say, is uh, there's a lot of crap going on with this. And the, um, let me see if I can find it here. The insider over there at, at Ulsterman. I haven't caught up with that. Okay. Yeah. So you remember when... Um, Netanyahu was uh, visiting with President Obama, and um, he was very pissed off. Remember, he left through the side door. I think he even arrived through the side door. The whole thing was weird. And so the insider um, two days ago said, okay, let me tell you exactly what happened, exactly what President Obama said to Netanyahu. And so I want to read this quote because I think it's quite uh, telling. You ready? Yeah. It's according to the insider. And I, I think the, this is probably... The Ulsterman Report. Yeah, the Ulsterman Report. Quote, Obama said to Netanyahu, you have just as much blood on your hands as they do. They got a right to exist as well. Everybody does. And I don't want this thing, this back and forth, you and them, I don't want this turning into an election issue for me, Right. I can't be telling the, those people how to treat your country any more than you want me telling you how to treat them, right? You see where I'm at with this? Don't you turn this into something that they might take away Jewish votes from me. That's what you not go, That's what you got going here. I know what you're up to. Don't do it. This thing, Iran, don't try. Don't hurt me politically with it. You need us. We don't need you. That's eh, believable. I think it's highly believable. And so, of course, this is why we have Netanyahu now coming out and making all kinds of nasty comments uh, against uh, Hillary and against Obama. I got something here from uh, from PBS. How does the U.S. election calendar play into Prime Minister Netanyahu's calculations here? Well, I think it plays uh, quite heavily. Prime Minister Netanyahu would never admit that, but we see... Um, a line of increasing tension, some of, some of it deliberately, between the, uh, the Israeli government and the American administration as close as we get to the elections. It is clear that the, the, uh, the White House uh, asked Israel and put quite a lot of pressure not to launch a preemptive strike, at least not before the elections, in order though not to create an oil crisis that would damage the Obama campaign. On the other hand, um, we know, of course, of uh, quite close ties between uh, the Republican uh, Mitt, uh, Mitt Romney and uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And I think that Netanyahu, as close as we get to the, the elections, is harshening its uh, uh, criticism towards the administration. And uh, we see some sort of at least um, uh, some sort of coordination between the Mitt Romney campaign and what Netanyahu is doing in Israel. 
So you think there's collusion there? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it. And this is awesome. Mm. Yeah, this is this is very this is interesting. <coughs> yeah, it is. So uh there was a couple of interesting things I ran into uh Well, actually, the, the, since you brought it up and it's, it's you know with an example of Obama showing backbone, I ran into I, I caught this the second time. I don't have a, a copy of the original meme that's going out, but there's a meme uh, they're throwing at uh, Obama and administration mm. uh, that is tr they're trying to put it into. Remember with, with John Kerry, they ran against him with he's a flip flopper. Right. Yeah, they, the Republicans are better at this than the Democrats are creating this little just a little jazzy term. So I ran into the second use of it, uh, but I, I think I've heard it before on the radio uh, on the this is the, this is kind of interesting. Glenn Beck now has his own TV network. Yeah, it's the, the internet thing, right? No. It's on TV. It's on cable. It's on the dish. It's called The Blaze. Oh, yeah. No, but they've had a website and stuff going for no, a long, long time. No, they've had the website, but now yeah. they got a full 24-7 programming, including oh. the infomercials, and a bunch of hosts and different people you've never seen before that are that are now competing. And I believe... Hosts? Within, <laughs> I believe that, the Blaze that within... The Blaze TV network. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Blaze. Yeah. I believe that within six months to eight, between six and 18 months from now, it will actually have better ratings than MSNBC. That's just a, I'll put that in the book. Well, you know, MSNBC, of course, is really kicking it right now, now that they've just decided to go full on, you know. Uh, yeah, but that'll end when the election's over. So two months from now, MSNBC, right. no one's going to care. Right. Right. So let's play. I got this clip, and it's got the meme in it. And I think we're going to – this is another thing. I believe we're going to start hearing this meme over and over again to the point where John Stewart can just have, play 50 of them in a row. And, and, nope. Yeah. It has Go. protesters on its grounds having violated the sovereignty of the United States, having that embassy uh, reiterate a statement, uh, effectively apologizing for the right of free speech is not the right course for an administration. Meanwhile, the guy who actually is president – continues to be wishy-washy in his response. He's being this guy, not this guy. Is wishy-washy, does that really qualify, John? Oh, yeah. This wishy-washy, that's not uh, yeah, good. Yeah, you're going to hear it over and over again. Really? You're going to start hearing it. It's like uh, flip-flopper. Oh, you watch oh, wishy-washy. Oh, Obama, uh, yeah, he's okay, but he's wishy-washy. Oh, I don't like that one at all. Yeah, you watch. Oh, you're gonna, no. You're going to hear it. It's the best they can do. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't like it at all. I don't like the wishy washy. Yeah, it'll it'll catch. It'll watch it take hold. This is a you're going to see this happen. So this Blaze TV has actually been around for a year. It's just now it's on the Dish Network. Yeah, I don't know where it was. Was it on <laughs> digital cable no, or what? just on the interwebs? Well, the interwebs. Yeah, the Blaze thing has been on the interwebs more right. than a year. Right, but, so, but it's not, but this is like now it's you know being broadcast. The Blaze TV celebrates one year anniversary with Beck's return to traditional TV and Dish Network launch. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just you know the the it's a year old, but now it's because it's on the Dish and it's going to be on Comcast and Beck is back on TV. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, yeah, it's been around a year, but it hasn't been around a year. I mean, this is the beginning of the of the of the network. You right. watch. Yeah. No. I, I, I. And it's already better than MSNBC, as far as I can tell. Oh, I really. I can't watch any of that. Well, I can't. I mean, I'm. I, you know, I. I. 
I OD'd after uh, after the new normal. It's like uh, wow. And you're then, watching and, CNN. I mean, that's just no, 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 no. I stopped. CNN. I can't. I, I, I'm now watching you MSNBC. Have like three clips from CNN on today's show. No, it's all MSNBC, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm watching MSNBC now. It's more entertaining because they're so hilarious. And this, do you know the Toure guy? He has his own show. Who? Toure. The hip hop meister, yeah, yeah, I know Toure. Yeah, he's got a show. Yeah, who put? I think uh, he replaced. Uh, didn't he replace Sharpton? Sharpton still have a show? No, Sharp. No, Sharpton still has a show. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, really bad. No, you can't. It's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. That's kind of what he. Maybe he's on Haldol. <laughs> <laughs> that may be it. No. Um, no. Sharpton still has a show. Uh, but the Toure guy... There's no real conflict! The Toure guy has, like, afternoon drive or something. And he ha- and it's it's just... Yeah, he's smug, and you know, they're playing hip-hop songs in and out of the breaks. You know, it's, it's exactly what I want. You know, I want to sit there and just go, Oh, I hate this. This is so lame. You know, so I, I watch that. Um, so I, I, was, I was watching PBS. You know... And uh, I have, if you're ready for it, I can do this. Let's do it after the break. The idiotic clip of the day from PBS. Oh, let's roll an idiotic clip of the day. Can we do that? Yeah, hit it. Whoa, look at all the flowers and fruit. Hello, you lovely flower beds. It's time to wake your flowers, sleepy head. Mom, are you singing to the plants? <laughs> they like it. <laughs> Another Haldol commercial. Obviously. I said it was idiotic. Before we go to the break, I received a wonderful email that I wanted to share with you. And this actually led me into this, uh, this story about what's happening in, uh, in Southern California with the stink. Did you hear about the stink? No, I didn't know the stink was in town. <laughs> well, the stink was in town. I got this email from uh, uh, someone who signed off as SLS. Uh, my daughter told me she was suffering from a stomach ache and nausea being in the L.A. Pasadena area for several hours with a foul odor in the air. <clears throat> so then I asked my daughter, what would Adam Curry say? And she texted back, I bet if a couple of people emailed about it, you wouldn't have to wonder. So for your responding pleasure, I bring you an unexplained stench. And then she brings me this link from the L.A. Times. And uh, what happened is... The uh, so literally 150 miles away where Salton Sea is, which we've talked about on the show, they are saying they're claiming that because the fish died in Salton Sea, the winds swept the stink, which was making people actually nauseous, like physically ill. They kept children inside, not going to school. That that is that that came from dead fish in Salton Sea, which seems highly unlikely to me. I thought you were going to tell me that Sting was at the holiday at uh, the uh, Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Seriously. So she wraps up this email. Although I'm a douchebag for not donating, I'm carrying the heavy banner of what seems to be the only, you ready, John? The only African-American woman, urban gardener, and chicken keeper. Yes, I make my own bread and jam. No agenda listener, which currently earns me exactly zero actual dollars. But I hold that banner high and speak loudly of no agenda propaganda all over town. It's especially effective in restaurants. And just so John doesn't think all the listeners find their way through the rabbit hole via twit, I learned of no agenda whilst looking at my feet on a city street. 
a no agenda stencil painted on the sidewalk. All right. It has since been painted over, but not before it changed my life. How awesome is that? We're, we need more of those stencils. <laughs> yes, we do. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Get your stencils in the morning. We do have a few people to thank, including Anonymous in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, $136.35. Uh, I commute 14 miles a day. Each way by bicycle mm. in the middle of NYC on most days. Got hit by a careless car on Monday. And as I was hitting the pavement, the thought that passed through my head was, oh, oh, karma ran out. <laughs> the hit wasn't too bad and it's mostly bruises and scrapes. I make way too much money in IT to die young or remain a douchebag. I would like a triple karma shot. First 69-69 relationship to karma. Okay. <laughs> Instead of hitting the mouse, I of hitting the bell. I was pounding on the mouse. Oh, yes, yes. oh poor mouse. Uh, since my 30th birthday is coming up, I need to get laid. Uh, 33, 33, <laughs> staying alive karma for me and all those who commute by bike. Lastly, 33, 33 for you guys and for lots of value twice a week. And I listen while biking. It keeps me sane through the bad drivers, rough hills, and bridges and Manhattan crowds. Why don't I give you a magic number three karma? That would probably be it. 33, that's a magic number. It's the magic number. You've got karma. There you go. Rodney Stabin or Stabin in Houston, Texas. I like Stabin, but Stabin, I'm sure. $100. Stabin. Staben. So, yeah, well, okay. Uh, to our resident buzzkill uh, and you guys, here's to you for fighting the good fight against Bank of America. I have faith you'll win and be set right. However, just in case, here's the emergency first donation toward Buzzkill Bunkers Emergency Ram and Noodle Fund. <laughs> you never okay. know, he says. Uh, Graham you Scott never, you in Banbury, know. Western Australia, 9696. I wouldn't mind a de-douching for myself and a lone wolf milf karma for my sexy, sexy partner, a Yelka, who is raising my awesome little human resource, Yovan. He's going to be one hell of an awesome resource. All right, de-douching lone wolf milf karma. All right. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Not bad. And here we go with our segment. Oh, no. 69! 69! <laughs> Wilford B. Kessler, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, 6969. The science is in. For the past 10 years, I've been a good slave and received my flu shots oh, no. annually. My oh, no. wife and I were discussing it and came to the conclusion that we haven't been sick anymore for less than the 10 years prior. I've had enough of this scam. Instead, I'm donating the amount we would have spent getting flu shots for the family, including the dog. Yes, our local doggy daycare is now requiring dogs to get the flu vaccine as well. Okay. The kicker is on the information sheet they provided, it states the flu, flu vaccine does not prevent the dog from getting the flu. <laughs> Wait a minute. How much money do you think they have, they have wasted that could have been donated to this fantastic podcast? How much money have they wasted? Well, just think of the scam for the entire public. Wow. 
WTF, he says, hey, at least they're being honest about screwing you for some extra cash. I find it interesting that for as long as dogs have been around, the canine flu just started about four years ago. I'm sure the deadly canine flu spreading to humans will be the next pandemic. Anyway, I need a de-douching has been a boner for too long. I've been listening since show 350 or so and recently have gone back and started listening to it from the beginning. Your podcast is too awesome not to donate. Truly the best podcast in the universe. He hopes to become a knight. And he wants to shut up slave to the head karma, I believe. Yes. It's okay, down there. So let's do that. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Uh, Nate Wilson, special Swazelnuff donation, 6969 for my wife, Catherine. Her birthday's 914. I hope she's a wonderful birthday. Shout out for her. You do. Uh, she enjoys that Dvorak slide whistle. Can you please play happy birthday on her slide whistle while... By, wait. Can you please play happy birthday for her on the slide whistle, Maestro Dvorak? Also, Adam, thank you for all the wonderful insight about our government and world news. Yeah, can I just stop here? Wait, right wait a minute. Hold just, on a yeah. I'm the slide whistle guy. Yes, exactly. And I am the guy with the wonderful insight to world news. And you are the slide... <laughs> See, he's actually better on the slide. <laughs> I am. I'm, Not pointing, a, I'm better there, too. Yeah, and I'm yeah. handsomer. I'm pointing people to the No Agenda shows about the pipelines and understanding the No Agenda show when Adam and Mickey were on wedding vacation. Uh, these are great episodes to get people in the show. I'm hoping to be knighted by the end of the year. Thanks for all you do. Karma shots for both of you and your families. <laughs> Karma shot. Karma shot. You've got... Hey, I forgot to ask you. Did you like that that the thing that blew up your uh, your computer? Did you like the 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 checking out the individual clips of the show? Sorry, the, the clips dot curry dot com thing that that I told you to look at at the top of the show. The yeah, no, I did. I liked it. Isn't it cool? Offline for yeah, it looks very cool. I'm going to play with it. Yeah. Chris Malmy in Cherry Valley, Massachusetts, nuts. Sixty nine, sixty nine. In the morning, John and Adam, great analysis of the unemployment figures in the last show. After Adam stopped with the one-liners, sorry, Adam, I love the show, but just getting by is getting old. Please send a shot at karma my way, Swazelnuff. Swazelnuff.com, by the way, is available, and uh, you can uh, use that if, in case you can't remember where to donate. You've got karma. And finally, for the 6969 segment, Prior Lake, Minnesota's uh, Gregory Evans sends in the same amount with the Howling Wolf Karma request. All right, so we'll end the segment with the Howling Wolf Karma. You've got karma. 6969, Daniel Gray in Tempe, Arizona, 6611. Double sixes on the sticks. Ah, double six on the sticks. Uh, keep rocking with your media deconstruction, which is making y'all the best podcast in the universe. Please give a shot of Carmen and my boy, Adam. Uh, thanks for your hard work, Danny. All right. Adam, here you go. You've got karma. Is that like my name only? And, and that's how they say it in Tempe? Adam. 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 
Christina Norman in Los Angeles, California, 5512. I'm a Canadian girl working for the U.S. and working in the U.S. for a year now, trying to upgrade my visa to H-1B. Would love some Hey Citizen Swine Flu Karma so I can stay and keep contributing <coughs> to this great country. Well, Thanks yeah. for all the entertainment. Now, the way to contribute is send us a picture, and we can pull some strings for you. Uh, you want to go to uh, VisaHQ.com. Those are our official uh, Visa guys who, uh, who work. You get a 10% discount. Uh, so he wants, uh, she wants a, what was it? Hey, An citizen swine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all she really wants. Hey, citizen swine flu. Okay. Uh, Do we have a swine flu? What is that? Uh, yeah, I got it. Hey, citizen. It's the no agenda swine flu minute. You've got karma. There you go. Yeah, people are talking about the swine flu again. <laughs> yeah, again, of yeah, course. Yeah. That time of year. It's, in fact, sounds like you already had the swine flu. I need water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Magpio. Magpio. It's got to be Magpio. It couldn't be Mag Magpio. 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 Cerritos, California. Duh, 5510. Haven't donated in a while. Thought I'd throw in a double nickels on the dime for good measure. Can I get some traveling karma with John John's UFO whistling? Yeah. yeah. Traveling karma. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. I can play Happy Birthday. John can do UFO whistle. Kyle Kenzel in Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Green Bay Packers, 5510, double nickels on a dime. Pleased to say that this donation brings me over one-third of the way to my knighthood. Probably won't get to the round table in time to get a ring. So how about a yellow star with the words no agenda night on it that I can sew onto my sleeves? Keep up the great work and the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> I, I'm, I think the yellow star should just be universal. Yeah, you should be able to put all kinds of things on it. It's an idea. Yeah. Curious Oddities, or otherwise known as CAT, in Toronto, Ontario, 55. I'm donating to the best podcast in the universe. Have a birthday present for myself. And may I, it's the 13th, and may I get some good wishes dedicated to Klaxon in Vancouver, B.C., in the form of a Hey Citizen, as he's one responsible for getting me hooked on no agenda way back in the beginning. Thanks, guys. Cat right. from the great white north. Hey, citizen. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Podcast for Peace in Alamo, California, 5150. Why? Because Benjamin Blondin in Brook Park, Ohio, 5130, which is the uh, our celebration uh, five-year anniversary donation. Which, oh, is that our donation number, 5130? Yeah, there's some reason for it, and Why? I've already forgotten Could what it is. Help, I'm so irked by the fact we get very few people interested in our fifth anniversary. No one gives a crap. Sean Reed in Bethlehem, Georgia, 5130. Dennis Cruz, Sir Dennis Cruz to you in Beaverton, Oregon, home of the mustard, 5130. Da Man, showing support for the best podcast in the universe, next to Da Man Show, anyways. Uh, and a couple last ones are would be uh, Matt Mariotti in McKnight, Pennsylvania, 50. First, I'll call myself out for hearing how donations have been crappy lately, and I sit by and do nothing. What a douchebag. Douchebag. Anyways, I'm having trouble selling my house in Cleveland. Uh, and he's got a URL we can put in the show notes if we can remember to do that. Since moving to Pittsburgh, I just want to get on the on with the American just getting by dream. So I would like a shot of karma to hopefully make my house get sold faster. Works for jobs. Why not houses? Anyway, here's my uh, he keeps saying anyways. 
Here's my experiment to test the karma. If I sell my house in the next 60 days, I will donate $500 to No Agenda, which is why I posted the link. Yes, we'll post the link. It's tinyurl.com slash clvhouse. Yeah, that's bull crap. I want, I want people to donate to the show because they think that we're a great show. Yeah, I agree with that. But wait, there's more. If a listener ends up buying the house, which is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> not going to happen. When we close, that would be too weird, by the way. If, if we were like 10 times bigger, it's always a possibility. But, you know, we're not. So anyway, I, I appreciate the donation, but... And we want you to donate to the show, you know, because you appreciate the show and, and not just because you got lucky and sold the house, you know. Yeah, well, just send him the karma. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll totally, I'll give you karma. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying, right? You've got karma. Right. I don't want to, you know, I don't it's, wanna... it's, not, it's not an extortion deal we're yeah, running here. Yeah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Sir Mike Westerfield uh, uh, in Parts Unknown, $50. That would be it for today's segment of donors, which yeah. it could have been better, but we did have a nice oh, no, uh, we had a, night. Yeah, the and, uh, really. That I'm, makes a big difference. I'm thinking that Richard Fowler, the name, I know him from somewhere. Well, he's in Aiken, South Carolina. Why don't we do, uh, consult the Book of Knowledge? Maybe he's famous. <sighs> consult the Book of Knowledge. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not seeing anything in the emails. I'm not finding anything at all. So I know, it's baffling. It is kind of baffling. But, again, I think it's to be encouraged. Yeah, oh, no, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm completely on board with it. No doubt about it. Well, we, we appreciate uh, whatever we get. We every once in a while get an anonymous donation, and the guy says, I don't want to say anything. I don't want you mentioning the donation, and I don't care about my name being. Just, just leave, leave me alone. Yeah, leave, <laughs> just, yeah, leave me alone. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of the way it is. Just leave me alone. Just go away. Go away. Dvorak.org. Slash N A. And remember that we have our special 444, uh, ep- uh, 444, yeah, uh, episode 444 coming up on Sunday. We have a special donation amount for that. And uh, uh, there was, we're going to talk, oh, I had, an, uh, there was another number. We'll talk about that on Sunday, I guess. But the 444, uh, that would be a great way to show your appreciation, especially in light of our upcoming fifth anniversary, which is what is the actual date of our fifth anniversary? It's in October. Yeah, the, do we have an actual? I date? can't do. I can't tell you because if I go on the browser, oh. I go offline, and then we had to waste another ten minutes. Okay, so let's not do that then. It's your birthday, birthday. And congratulates his daughter Rachel with her birthday. Kat says happy birthday to herself, celebrating today. And Nate Wilson wants to say happy birthday to his wife Catherine. She will be celebrating tomorrow on the 14th. Age is not necessary because, well, that's how we roll here on the show. Happy birthday from all your buddies here, the best podcast in the universe. It's no agenda. And let's uh, roll out the uh, the blades here. I've got the, the big blade. Richard Fowler, step forward to I know you're a man of many, many words, or very few words, actually. So we'll just get right to it. As you kneel, thank you so much for supporting the best podcast in the universe in the amount of $1,000. Actually, more as you added a swazzle enough to it. So hereby, we pronounce thee, Sir Richard Fowler, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, sir, whether you want it or not, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, wenches and beer, hot pants and booze, or if you want some chocolate milk, we got it all right here. And thank you for becoming a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Your ring is on the way. 
And those of you, of course, who get in on the knighthoods before the end of the year, I still receive a ring before we go to the uh, yellow stars, apparently. <laughs> yellow <laughs> stars. Patch. Uh, <laughs> it's a patch. It's a patch. Now, I saw that you had one clip, uh, one Euroland clip in here. Actually, you have a couple. Um, I have a lot on uh, on Euroland, and so I think that the, our clips are probably complementary. If maybe. I, if maybe I can not. start. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, if I can start with the big news about the European Central Bank, um, which has now become essentially the banking Gestapo in uh, in Euroland. Uh, this is for all of you in Europe who um, don't watch the correct news, which is pretty much all the mainstream stuff. Here's the, actually what's happening in your area. The EU Commission has unveiled sweeping plans for the European Central Bank to supervise all of the Eurozone banking system. The reforms, which still need approval from member states, would give the ECB responsibility for the bloc's 6,000 or so financial institutions. In Strasbourg, the EU's financial services chief, Michel Barnier, said he hoped the system would be up and running soon. When? After the text is approved, we hope things will be in place before the end of the year and that the European Central Bank will have the power to directly supervise any banks that it believes are at risk. So this is um, pretty unbelievable, where you now have the centralized force in Brussels, essentially the boss of commercial banks. And this comes along with the approval of the which I think I told you way before it was even on the radar anywhere else, the European Stability Mechanism, uh, which was moved up an entire year earlier, all predicted actually on this show. Um, now, Germany has said, yeah, you know what, we're okay. Uh, according to our constitution, the uh, bailout is good up to 190 billion euros. For some reason, that was stipulated in, the, in their laws, I guess. So this is the plundering can now start. And all this money, this European money, this 190 billion euros from Germany, and it'd be, I know it's 40 billion from the Netherlands, God knows what it's from all these other countries, is going straight into these commercial banks, which are now actually being run by the European Central Bank. Yeah, it has to be ratified and they have to put all the laws through, but that's going to happen. It's a complete, total, and utter takeover. Where'd you get that number? Because my number is 500 billion. What, the, the German number? Yeah. No, the total... ESM is, uh, I think, is six hundred billion. Germany says that they can be on the hook for a hundred and ninety billion of the five hundred or the six hundred billion. Well, uh, play eurozone in German court. Okay. Well, it's not something you hear us say very often, but there was good news for the euro today. Voters in the Netherlands cast their ballots for pro-European parties, and in Germany, the country's top court, approved German involvement in a bailout fund of indebted eurozone countries. The ruling did have limits, but as our Europe editor Gavin Hewitt now reports, it's being seen as a way to help stabilize the single currency. For a moment today, Europe's eyes were on these eight men and women, the judges of German's constitutional court. Would they declare the Eurozone's new bailout fund illegal and throw Europe into turmoil? In the name of the people, we reject the petition. And with those few words, the judges gave the go-ahead for a fund that is seen as central to fighting the Eurozone crisis. 
And that's that's the that's the ESM uh, fund. Uh, okay, play uh, number two then. So, what did the court agree? It gave the green light for Germany to contribute to the eurozone's permanent bailout fund, the ESM. With a 500 billion euro war chest, the fund is seen as central to helping out troubled eurozone countries. Yeah, you, well, it's 600. Uh, I got it. I got, got yeah, it. There, there okay. wasn't 500 billion from Germany; just no. 500 billion. Correct. More of the clip? No, that's okay. good. So, but this wasn't the, this was just the, the the minor thing that happened, which and I'd love to hear Horowitz's take on this because uh, people are saying, well, this either means the accelerated demise of the eurozone or guaranteed hyperinflation. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> this is kind of the two options that I'm hearing. But yeah. meanwhile, uh, Manuel Barroso, Barroso, Piso Barroso. He gave his State of the Union. Now, I'm sure this wasn't covered like when Barack Obama uh, gives his State of the Union. And he rolled out something that floored me. Did you hear what he said in his State of the Union? Yeah, play it. All right. This is our political horizon. This is what must guide our work in the years to come. Today, I call for a federation of nation states, not a super state. So let me just, and by the way, you're going to hear the crowd go, whoa. He's, it's literally now a federation. This is Starfleet Command. I mean, it, this is exactly what we've called it for years. He's calling for a federation of nation states. A democratic, a democratic federation of nation states that can tackle our common problems through the sharing of sovereignty, Sharing of sovereignty. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a dichotomy in terms? You can't share sovereignty, can you, John? It's, a, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a dichotomy as much as it is a contradiction. Contradiction in terms. That's, that's ridiculous. In a way that each country and each citizen are better Shittison? than... Shittison? Well... The way he's about to treat them, you might as well call them citizens. What do you do on a citizen? You citizen them. To control their own destiny. This is about union with the member states, not against the member states. In the age of globalization, pooled sovereignty means more power. Pooled sovereignty means more power. Not less. Well, black is white and red is blue and up is down. Oh, did you? Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? Why wouldn't I be okay? It sounded like you, like someone, like like. <laughs> no, it was a box that fell from the shelf and oh, hit the other shelf. I thought you would just hit the floor. I could just. It sounds see good though. It sounds good. It's good sound effect. Yeah, I thought. I, yeah, I'm like that's like a dead fish slap. I'm like, oh my, like, John, John just keeled <laughs> over. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that when I keel over. <laughs> and be. I said on purpose a federation of nation states uh-huh. because I think in these turbulent times, in these times of anxiety. It will be a real mistake to leave the defense of the nation just to the nationalists and the populists. Ah, hello. Did we not talk about this just the other day? Like, we can't have democracy where we have nationalists and populists. No, these are now evil people. He's literally calling out opposition as nationalists and populists and these are bad bad people they're not yeah, part of democracy i believe in a europe where people are proud of their nations but also proud to be european and proud of our european values 
creating this federation. And listen to the slaves clap. Of nation states will ultimately require a new treaty. Oh, a new treaty, you say? Oh, I was waiting for that to happen. And I do not say this lightly. No. We are all aware how difficult treaty changes become. It has to be well prepared. Discussions on treaty change must not distract or delay us from doing what can and must be done already today. So here's the plan. A deep and genuine and economic monetary union. Mm-hmm. Like this whole bank takeover. First we do that. Yeah. Can be started yeah. under the current treaties. Yeah. But right. can only be completed with changes in the treaties. Mm-hmm. So let's start it now, but let's have the horizon for the future present in our decisions of today. Lovely. Just lovely. So that was um, yesterday. Today, he came back and he laid it on even thicker, um, which was not his State of the Union, but he was still in Parliament. They're all in Strasbourg this week. You know, they travel back and forth between Strasbourg and, and Brussels. And he and he just the whole populist thing, he really laid it on. This is this is unbelievable. This is dictatorship. This is I, I'm, I'm amazed that people are not right. Well, we're not seeing it. So maybe it is happening. But I'm amazed people are not riding in the streets over this type of language coming out of the European well, bef- Parliament. Before you get to that clip, I have, you know, so after he gave the State of the Union, then uh, Farage. Mm-hmm. Came out with a scathing. I had clipped it, but it was like so long, and, I, I, and there were some questions and answers in the whole thing. I have, I have the whole thing. Uh, you have the and whole thing just, too. It's I too see. long, but the, the thing I think was interesting is then Barossa comes back at him, which I've never seen before. He came back at him and started slamming him, and then a Farage went back at him again, and that's the clip I have, and no, that took I, place before. If there's a newer clip, yeah, there's, no, I, th- I think. Uh, I have the hits back clip, but how, how come mine is one minute and yours is four minutes? And mine's cut down. No, no. That, I think you have the one where he went against this. Let's, no, no. I have that, too. That's eight minutes. I have that one, too. Hold on a second. Let me uh, first let's play the sec because you don't have the second piece. This is where Burroughs. No, uh, but this is actually the second piece that I have. No, no, this, this is our this is our great complimentary clips. <laughs> well, I have I have fifty seven. No, I got a clip. You got a clip. No, no, it's not the right clip. Here's you already the, heard my clip. Here's the clip. There will not be a magic solution. It will require time, determination, persistence, coherence. I know that populists, populists, they manipulate feeling and anger. They can give a very simple uh, solution. Solution is no. Wow. This is, this is the guy in charge over there. Populists. You know, I would is, like... Is that my clip? No, this is my clip. Well, play my clip then. Well, hold on. To say no is easy. Say no to Europe is easy. Difficult. And that requires leadership is to say yes, but to say how we can move forward. And that is why I'm asking you. To bring the conditions for a true European debate with a true European democracy. And I'm making the signal for the next European elections. Because I believe in democracy. I was elected since I was 29 years of age in my parliament. Mr. Farage, don't look at me like that. Because, in fact, I really have a great admiration for the wisdom of the British people. Every time you've tried to be elected in Britain, you were rejected. That's why you came here. It shows that the British people know that it's much better to keep you away from your own system. <laughs> Did you have that in your clip? 
Yeah, that's my clip. Okay, well, that's, then we had the identical clip. And now I'll play my version of Farage's comeback. Farage. Well, now, you claim to be a good Democrat. It's a very twisted form of democracy when you say that all of those political parties that get votes with whom you don't agree are not relevant. It's a pretty obscene definition of democracy to decry those of us that believe in national democracy and European cooperation. You call us populist, extremist, xenophobic and nationalistic. Surely, Mr. Barroso, the point about democracy is you engage in debate. You listen to what the other person has to say, you put it to the public and you accept the result. That is what real, genuine parliamentary democracy is about and you seem to actually despise that and everything that those of us that stand for national democracy believe in. And to tell me that you're in this position because this parliament voted for you, we were only given the chance to vote for one candidate. Is that your new model of European democracy? Yeah. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> That's yeah. the way my clip ends, but there's a whole prelude to that that you cut out. Uh, well, I have another clip, which is like the, the six-minute clip that you probably don't have. No, I had it, but I thought it was too long and boring, actually. <laughs> what I liked about that, the six-minute one, is that at the end of that, there's a guy that asks him some dumb question, and then he blasts yeah, did the guy. You, did like you, did he you really blows like, him out of the water with a shut-up sleigh. Did you great, really like that? Did you really like that? I, thought, I, I liked the, the comeback, yeah. I, I cut that out because I thought that was kind of boring. Oh, no, I liked the comeback. It was short. It was only like 30 seconds. It was a great comeback. The other thing goes on and on and on. Yeah. And the other problem with the long one, which you, you have there, I have is it. that it is, we've heard the, the same, almost the exact same yeah. pitch before. That's well, why no, the, I didn't the, clip the, it. the reason why I didn't, because it was, it, was it was the Austrian guy, and he says, oh, right, how, right, right. how do you get elected in England? Do you have to kiss the queen's ring? And it was like, you know. No, 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 not yeah. that question. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, no, it's another one. Really? No, that, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that's the big fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Wait there a was a skinny they're, guy. They're all no, they're all fat. No, no, this was a skinny guy well, who it, asked a really lame question. Right. Is and, it at and, the end and, of your and, clip? Oh, let me check it out. Let's find it. Let's find it. And what denies me today to be very open with you? Is that is that him? No, mm -hmm. no. I believe isn't that the president that's talking from the podium, and then Farage blasts him for well, well, for for playing politics where's from, your the, skinny from that guy? seat. Where's your skinny guy? The skinny guy. Well, I mean, I have to. Provoking. Yeah, where's the skinny guy clip then? It's I've got it. I have to go. I'll, I'll have it for a Sunday show. All right. Well, so here's one I know you don't have. So we have a new guy standing up all of a sudden, a conservative from the from Gitmo Nation East, and he is now joining ranks with uh, Farage, which is interesting. His name is uh, Daniel Hannon, and so he's with the uh, with the Tories, I believe. And for him to now basically join with Farage in the in the European Parliament is very interesting. And um, I thought what he had to say was very Farage-esque, but succinct and short, which I like. Mr. Barroso, we keep hearing these terrifying biblical predictions of what would happen in the event of a Euro breakup. We've heard the same thing over and over again. We heard it 20 years ago in my home country over the ERM. We were told that it would be inflationary and unemployment would rise. In fact, our recovery began the day we left and carried on for 15 years before Gordon Brown came along to mess it up, but that's another story. We had the same thing in Denmark. We were told that if they voted not to join the euro, inflation would go up, interest rates would go up. In fact, precisely the opposite happened. 
the Copenhagen Stock Exchange enjoyed its greatest 24-hour rise in history. Inflation and interest rates fell. The same thing in Sweden. I suspect that even you in your bones know that the best option now for the peripheral countries is to default, devalue, decouple, to price their way into the markets, to start exporting their way back to growth. It wouldn't solve everything, but it would be an alternative to this downward spiral of deflation, poverty and immigration. And that's really what you're afraid of. Yeah. Their economies would recover. The credibility of the Eurocrats would not. Hey, citizen. <laughs> the, the citizens would be <laughs> we, back in charge. We have jingles on the fly here. Why do you want to hear that one again? Hey, citizen. <laughs> citizen. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I think he's probably right. He's probably yeah, right. the Eurocrats, they're riding high. I mean, these parliaments and these meetings and these councils, they got the council, they got the parliament, they got three or four of these big boards. It's a drinking club. They get, they live it up in some of these towns wherever they have these meetings and they just uh, sit around and, and extol the virtues of what they do and set up committees to, you know, tell people how to make cheese in cheese making countries. And it's just a joke. <laughs> and you know what the best thing about this EM, ESM was? Can I just refresh your memory on the ESM, on the articles of the European Stability Mechanism? So now this is going to have, well, your clip's at 500. I think it's 600 billion euros, but it's open-ended. And so if there's a cash call, within two weeks, everyone has to pony up the cash. There's no questions. That it's not, there's no cap. Well, in Germany, the, well, in Germany, there'll be a cap, 190 billion, which is still a cap, uh, and they have to go to the parliament, German parliament, right. to get more money. But it's a lot of money, you know, 190 billion dollars. But here's what's interesting: uh, Article 32, Paragraph 3, the ESM, its property, funding, and assets, wherever located and by whomever held, shall enjoy immunity from every form of judicial process. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah. Article 35, one. paragraph 1. In the interest of the ESM, the chairperson of the Board of Governors, governors, alternate governors, directors, alternate directors, as well as the managing director and other staff members shall be immune from legal proceedings with respect to acts performed by them in their official capacity and shall enjoy inviolability in respect of their official papers and documents. So if they screw up, <clears throat> in fact, they are more sovereign this ESM will be more sovereign than any of the countries in the Eurozone. These guys actually are are sovereign. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, the they're more sovereign than the countries are going to be. The archives of the ESM and all documents belonging to the ESM or held by it shall be inviolable. The premises of the ESM shall be inviolable. <laughs> they are supreme. Supreme. Well, if you're supreme. gonna make anyone supreme, you might as well make a banker. So, um, and of course, the uh, Gitmo Nation lowlands. They basically voted for the same douchebag to be prime minister. Uh, although Geert Wilders really dropped like a rock, he lost a lot of seats. So now it's the uh, the Fefe Day, which is uh, right. You know, the, I'd say the conservative right leaning. They had one. I believe they had one seat more than the uh, Labor Party, so they will have to work together if they want to form a, an insta-coalition. But essentially, it's the same guy. Rutte. Idiot. Um, so the Dutch uh, have uh, voted uh, for pro-Europe for more of this crap, which you just heard. Congratulations. They did a good job on uh, on shutting uh, Geert Wilders up. I think that, that, that really worked. Yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think they did to make it so effective totally demonized him oh 
that yeah. works. Oh yeah, because right. I you know, you know my buddy Taxi Eric. Yeah, you remember him, right? So oh, he yeah. he was total Heard Wilder's guy, and he and he he was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is all they're messed up. They're not doing it right. I mean, the campaign was really really good. And I'm not you saying, mean even your man yeah. got suckered into this uh, the, the propaganda? Yep, yep, he sure did. Huh. He sure did. So uh, well, that's great because you know you'll be uh, yeah you're on the hook now for forty billion euros. And, uh, you know, Taxi uh, Eric, you know, you'll, you'll be paying your share. Hey, citizen. So enjoy that, everybody. Have fun with that. Um, I'd love to t- I'd love to hear. Ho- and, it, and, you know, the joke of it is, of course, based on the economic cycles, it's not enough and it will do nothing. No, no. <laughs> now, I've been thinking a lot about your cycles, which sounds really weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know just one more time. Um, it could happen in October, this October, as in next month. Because everything seems to be offset a year forward. Okay. So the economy could collapse in October. Or? Or sometime in 2013, probably that October. Or it could be right after the election. Sometimes you have these issues. Some things happen in March. It's not usual, but it does happen. Oh. So, but, okay. All right. So we basically have three. We, it can be well if you pump enough money into the economy, you can push this off to 2017. But then you're done. You can't push it off any further. Well, um, the Federal Reserve just announced it will continue its policy of um, purchasing new debt up to I think 40 billion dollars a month. <clears throat> that was just announced this morning while we were doing the show. That's 480 billion a year, which is mm, it's a little short. It's too short. Yeah, they they really need to. Of course, they lie. As you remember, the first couple of these tranches, they had a uh, they lied, and when somebody started looking at the books, there were trillions of dollars being dropped into the system. Mm. So it's possible this is just they, just they can't. I don't think, and I, I know Bernanke is a, is a student of depression, so he knows this too, and so, but he knows that you can't. The public is not buying into the idea of what I say. Or and there's a few other people that say this, but it's generally speaking, it's not a popular idea that, yes, let's just print $10 trillion worth of money and get it into the system as fast as we can. That is not something that anyone would actually say. They, they think you're crazy. Well, or you said gonna, it. I know, but I'm not, you know, I have no, I have zero effect on policy. And, and, I, and let me, and let me say something. Uh, the response to, uh, from our listeners, uh, by and large, in general, <laughs> to your uh, suggestion that we need to pump $10 trillion into the economy was, he's crazy. That's pretty much what everybody said. Yeah. 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 So they're not going to do that. And the, none of this is going to work. So we're, so the, so the, the cycle's in play, and it's going to collapse the system. And it's either going to happen this October or it's going to happen sometime next year. <coughs> and believe me, you can take that to the bank. Ooh, if the bank is still there. You can take that to the bank. Let me see what my gold is doing today. Um, huh. $36.70 up. Nice. Silver uh, up. Oh, very nice. Um, so instead of uh, pumping $10 trillion into the economy, could we, I have two other questions for you. Could we just give people gold in the amount of $10 trillion, just actual nuggets? Would that work? <laughs> well, that's what happened in the 1850s. They gave people nuggets? No, people just went and found them. 
But uh. essentially what we had in the 1850s and while we didn't have a depression on the cycle moment, which uh. would have been in 1850 to 1860, uh -huh. which should have been a huge depression, is that we pulled out in today's money $30 trillion of nuggets. worth of precious metals from in silver and gold from uh -huh. the ground uh -huh. Uh -huh. during that uh -huh. era. And we didn't have and a depression. And that was free money. That's And I see no difference between a pile of gold being what we use for our money and then... A bunch of free money, All which right. is the same as printing money. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm with you now. So why don't it, here here's a, here's a plan. Instead of printing the money, and I know you don't. If there's no difference to you, then it doesn't make a difference. So then why don't we just go down to Fort Knox and and divide up the the gold that we apparently still have there, and just mail everybody a chunk. That's not the same as adding new gold. That's just distributing the gold that's there. So, but but people will it's use it. It's not the same. It's not the same. People will go and buy stuff with it. Yeah, but there's there, there's some complications. With oh, the, with the, oh, with the, oh, yeah. Oh, you're pulling the old. It's complicated. Uh -huh. I don't know that you, that would work. <laughs> That's just like saying, why don't we just bankrupt the country mm -hmm. and give everybody money and everything will work out? No, you're the, now the country's got no money. Okay, can I have, I, can I have, have this different scenario that I thought of? Because I've thought uh -huh. about this. I'm really thinking about what you're saying. I'm not laughing at you. Uh, let me, by the way, say to you, you're not getting any free money. So, dream I, on. Go on. All right. So, what if we did this? What if we printed up ten trillion? Uh, Dvorak bucks, right? Okay, now nah, you're Hold done on. now. No, listen. No, listen. Here's a question. Dvorak dollars, which would be only valid within the United States. You couldn't buy anything overseas with them. Would that also, would that, couldn't we then? That's illegal. No, no. But if the government does it, it's not illegal. Why would they print a Dvorak buck? Because your face would look cool on it? No, it wouldn't. No, but seriously, because then you can... You can manage the. You can basically create one big bad bank overseas. Give all the other dollars to Europe. Doesn't it? It's, it seems like there's something in there. We just need to reboot somehow. You can't just keep going into trillions and then the quadrillions. It's a cycle. We're screwed. So let's just live with the cycle and see what happens. I need some. It's help. a cycle. We're yeah. screwed. It's, it's all there is to it. I mean, all this trying to fix it, and then unless you're going to, and even if you pump in the ten trillion a couple times, thirty trillion in eventually, the system, eventually, eventually, it we're still screwed. craps out. Eventually, you can't get out of the cycle. I'm sorry. Right. Okay, no, it's all right. I'm, 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 I'm with you. What do we need? For, so let's say next month is coming up. You know, I'm just, it's like it's on the way. Well, hopefully the economy won't collapse before our fifth anniversary. But if it did on our fifth anniversary. <laughs> now that would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Miss Mickey has art shows coming up. We can't have the economy collapse. In, it can, after like November, October 15th, it will be okay. All and right. the, and well, then what will happen? Doesn't collapse. I mean, I'm not all for this idea. I'm just saying that. The, no, the, you, you are saying just like the sun rises and the moon comes out, it's happening. There's not, and I, I'm I'm going to agree that you probably you have something here. I'm I'm down with your cycles. Historically, you got it down. I mean, I'm, if you had the book out now, now you, I mean that would be good timing because there's no better marketing for your cycles book than to have the economy collapse uh, I, based I, upon I, a cycle. I have to get well because I'm sitting here arguing with you instead of writing the book. Oh, oh okay. And finishing oh, the book, it's right, your well. fault. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for it's coming. Your fault, Thanks for coming, everybody. Okay. So, <laughs> so here's okay. Are you done with me? Um, Let's just face it, we're we're screwed. I have one more question. Okay, I'm not mocking you. This is interesting stuff. Who else am I going to? I can't talk to anyone else about this. When the economy collapses, what can we expect? 
Well, this is a problem because if you look at every one of these collapses going back to the 1600s, they all have a variation that is unexpected. Mm-hmm. None of them are the same. What happened in the 70s wasn't the same as what happened in the 30s. What happened in the 1890s isn't what happened in the 30s or the 70s. And before, what happened in the 1850s was not – It was always. they're all dissimilar. All the, the only similarity is that it's a collapse of the economy and it's a mess for any number of years. And it ends uh, at, in this cycle at 2020 or 2019 if it's up a year. So – and then, then – could you answer the question? I mean, so just no, you some- don't know what to expect. I'm I do like a lot of stuff doesn't make sense now. Real estate, for example, should be more and more. Of, it should be following the pattern of gold because it's limited. You can't get you know it's it's valuable and it's limited. And you can't make it, and so we should. Our real estate prices should be going up, but they're not. And even Buffett wants to you know own apartments, and. So you never know what what is good. I, I think I'm I, okay. Maybe I'm the not only crazy. consistency that I can say that it happens all the, in every downturn. The Swedes studied this in all these downturns. Farmland goes up in value. That's the only right. single one thing that you can count on. So I was kind of looking at it a little more pragmatically. Does this mean that? Um, the system of supplying supermarkets will collapse. Does it mean that money will not no. come out of ATMs? No, uh, no, they'll all be okay. Oh, okay. So then if the economy collapsed, wait a minute. When we had the bailout in 2008, it was because, you know, pandemonium, people would be killing each other, eating each other on the streets. It didn't happen. No, I know it didn't happen, but you're saying if it happens, that's not what's going to happen? It's not going to be that kind of pandemonium? No, we're not going to be eating each other on the streets. There's going to be more homeless, probably a lot of crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the standard bad stuff. A lot of impossible to get a job. A lot of people living at home with their parents. Right. I mean, well, that's, that's already happening. Yeah, that's already happening. Yeah, and it's just going to get a little worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just going to be a bad situation. And you're going to. No one's going to know how to get out of it. And how do we get out of it? Oh well, in 2020 and 2019, there should be a world war of some sort. I believe that's when the civil war starts in Europe, and we get out of it by cranking up by getting involved. 2020. So it's going to be a seven-year. Itch, seven year thing, seven years, seven. Well, that, you know, that's what they say. You get the seven fat years, you get the seven uh, thin years. So here's the deal every 80 years, and we've had a, a conflagration. We had an 18, in the 17, uh, 1700s, we had our civil war on an 80 year cycle. I'm, I'm sorry, the revolutionary war on the seven years, seven, 80 year cycle. 80 years later, we had the civil war right on time. And 80 years after that, we had World War II. Which, which is right on time, and eighty years after World War II will be twenty twenty, and that's when I think we'll have. It, who knows what kind of war it's going to be? But generally speaking, I would suspect it's going to boil down to that what we've been predicting on the show, which is the civil war in uh, in Europe. Okay, so I would like to give you, in case we haven't put them in already, and I I don't understand why you you sound a little annoyed. Like I'm I'm not mocking you. I'm really serious. Yeah, about the dollar them. bills got to me. No, but I'm, go on. But, but we've discussed there this is, before. No, but I know. Yeah, well, I mean, then we might as well stop doing the show if we no, can't no, discuss things anymore. What's your final thing? See, why, why are you going to be like that? I'm, I'm, because you're not getting to the point. You're just mocking me for, like, trying to move it along. I'm not mocking you. Ugh. Now I forgot what I was going to say. No, you were going to say something about the Civil War and write it down. You wanted me to write something down. I was going to say, if it's not already in the red book... Then I'd like you to put in October 2012, March 2013, and October 2013, and then 
you know, if that happens, then it'll be real easy for us to just put the 2020 uh, European Civil War in there. I mean, that's okay. Um, or it could be uh, 2019. But please don't be annoyed when I'm... Uh, no, that's okay. I, I have to okay. bring this... And the dollar thing, I, I, I'm not saying these things to mock you. I'm trying to come up with alternative scenarios. I don't think there are any. And that's the point you don't you don't want to hear that part. I do hear that part. And I'm, I'm totally down with it. I can just ask. I think we're screwed, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> not if we elect Gary Johnson. Thank you, thank you. We had a discussion, you and I, some months ago, about the fact that... Republicans were quite determined to keep you out of the debates. And they did so in cahoots with CNN, I believe. And now they want to keep you off the ballot as well. What have you done wrong? Well, uh, I would be talking about issues that uh, aren't being talked about by other candidates. You know, the notion of not uh, not bombing Iran, the notion of getting out of Afghanistan tomorrow, bring the troops home, marriage equality, believing that it's a constitutionally guaranteed right, uh, ending the drug war, repealing the Patriot Act. I would have never signed the National Defense Authorization Act. I'd like to balance the federal budget tomorrow. I'd like to kick crony capitalism in the rear end by adopting uh, one federal consumption tax, abolishing income tax, corporate tax, and the IRS. Right. I like this guy. <laughs> That's a list I can stand behind. What did he say? He said that the Republicans are trying to keep him off the ballot. He's on the ballot in every state, and they're trying to get no, him he's off not. the ballot? No, no, he's not. There's three states that he's fighting right now. I, I haven't, big, big I haven't seen a single element of that in Mitt Romney's platform. Or Barack Obama's either. So uh, anyway, uh, big differences between myself and the other two guys. And I am talking, uh, I want to point out that uh, I'm going to be on the ballot in all 50 states. Right now I'm on the ballot in 47 states and the District of Columbia. We're litigated uh, in the three states where I'm not. And, and these are formidable challenges that are being launched by Republicans. But the truth is that you have been fought in places like Virginia. So there's three states that he's still fighting. He, he apparently well, he said Virginia's. What are the three states? The, the douchebag states. We got to yeah, find out. Yeah. Well, we can find out pretty quickly. I, I look it up, but yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I guess I. I don't. I don't know. Do I produce the show? But now I have to do all the work during the show. <laughs> apparently, can you just I'll, get? I'll, it? I'll, I'll put a side. I'm gonna put a little side machine over here, and I'll use that because I think you're right. It's one of these. Uh, well, it's some one of these browsers. In, in honesty. He you know, paid his way through college as a handyman. Oops. I have, uh, let me see, uh, continue to cite. I have uh, you know, I have a separate machine just for Skype that I yeah, use. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I mean, uh, you're going to have to do that. Consider this possibility. Let me see if it says uh, anything about, uh, they should have that like a headline. How come he doesn't have that as headline? Hello, headline. I got to get but him on. you have a single machine for Skype, why should anybody care about that being a headline? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, have Gary Johnson, it'd be a headline. Are you that? Wow. Lay off the Hal doll, man. Right. So, uh. Here, Gary Johnson on ballot 47 states. He's polling at about, I think, 5% now, which is on the radar. And the, and, and the reason why they, they want him gone is, you know, that 5% is, is what, um, here, three states Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Oklahoma is a weird one. Pennsylvania, of course, is a Biden state, and Michigan. Well, that's Michigan is owned by the uh, the unions. That's uh, that's Obama state, right? Yeah, but the, the, I want to see the Republicans fighting him there. I can see that in Oklahoma. Uh, well, the Republicans just want to take it. I don't know. I you know what? I don't know. What the hell do I? You know what? Who cares? 
Uh, it's a sad. I'm going for him. That's why I'll make it publicly known. I yeah. don't care about these other two guys. Yeah. Bo- I think two I'll vote phonies. for him too. I think I'll vote for him too. So here's the thing. Let, let's play this. This is Obama. You know, Obama's speeches now. And by the way, he does that thing. Oh, I'm so sorry this guy died, and then he rushes right to Nevada. Yeah, to off, give a speech off to the slots. <laughs> he goes right to Nevada, and then he goes to someplace else. But anyway, he's giving a speech at some school or something. Yeah, and he's you know his speeches now is mostly him screaming at you. Yes, it's it's effective. So they so this is Obama finishing up a speech, and then they crank up uh, as he's leaving, shaking hands. He's got a grimace on his face. They pl- crank up a Bruce Springsteen song because you know him and the boss, you know, are pals. Yeah, yeah. And the Springsteen song has a lyric in it as it goes out, as they go out. That I go, whoa, that's kind of crazy. You're willing to work with me and fight for me and knock on some doors with me and make some phone calls with me. If you vote in November, we will win here in Clark County. We will win Nevada. We will win this election. We will finish what we started and you and I together will remind the world why we are the greatest nation on earth. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. I'm not going to complain about your production, so I'll just sit through the n- another 15 seconds of this. So I have no idea what was... I've so. been knocking on the door that holds the throne... What uh, what Springsteen song is that? I have no idea, but he's been knocking on the door that holds the throne. Wow! Did anybody find this a little peculiar? Nah, that's cool. What is the name of that song? Uh, type in uh, the I lyric mean, into the Google, and you'll probably find the song. Well, no, because you find uh, knocking on. Oh, here it is. I've been we we take care of our own. We Take Care of Our Own is the song. I don't even know this song. I've been knocking on the door that holds the throne. I've been looking for the map that leads me home. I've been stumbling on good hearts turned to stone. The road of good intentions has gone dry as bone. Wow. Hold on. We take care of our own. Wherever this flag's flown, we take care of our own. From Chicago to New Orleans, from the muscle to the bone, from the shotgun shack to the Superdome, there ain't no help. The cavalry stayed home. Wow. How, mm, all right. Fascinating. These songs are carefully selected. Yeah, and I don't really even know this song. I never heard it before. It sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song. No, it's, a, it's Bruce Springsteen. What, I know, but most of them sound like a Bruce Springsteen song to me, except a few. <laughs> uh, but what album was this on? We take care of our our own Springsteen. I don't even know what album this was. And I'm I'm not like a huge super duper. Is this new? 
I think maybe it was just written for Obama. It's, you know, they should change, call, call it King Obama. I think this is, yeah, this is new, man. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I think I think this is new. Came out in this year, at least. Hmm. Interesting. Wait. Oh. Well, there you go. Groovy. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anyway, I'm uh, glad I, I cheered uh, you up. Yeah, no, so that there's really a, did there, cheer there's me a up. little uh, news that wasn't reported much here. Yeah. Uh, play the Rand Paul on Pakistan clip. <laughs> and now for all the details. A top U.S. senator has sought an early vote on his bill seeking to freeze all aid to Islamabad till the release of Shakil Afridi jailed for helping the CIA track down Al-Qaeda Supremo last year. The move comes amid reports that Pakistan considers the U.S. its worst enemy and maintains relations just to extract billions in aid. Senator Rand Paul said the U.S. should not give assistance to Pakistan, whose government is torturing the person who helped in the killing of Osama bin Laden. The U.S. government currently gives Pakistan more than $2.1 billion annually in foreign aid, and the Obama administration is additional $1.2 billion. No foreign government as blatantly defiant of American priorities as Pakistan should benefit from billions upon billions of American taxpayer dollars. It is time for that practice to come to an end, Senator Paul said in a letter to Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. I'm not liking uh, Rand Paul. I don't, I'm not, I'm really, I really don't care to hear anything about him anymore. I'm not going to say that you're making a mistake there. I, I'm, I'm finding the guy to be kind of douchey. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm so slow. The chat room finally, I finally caught up with the chat room. The new Bruce Springsteen uh, song is titled We Take, we Take Care of Our Drone, apparently. <laughs> and I think Jeff Smith should be paying attention because there's a song there. We take care. Of we take drone. care of our drone. That's what, we, that's what we need to be playing at the end of every single Obama speech. We take, take care of our drone, everybody. Yeah, Rand Paul's kind of douchey. I, I, I kept one here at the end. Um, you guys were coming up on our fifth anniversary. Um, do you recall one? Of, well, there are a lot of things we were talking about in 2008 when we started. Do you remember the Isle of Jersey? And we talked about that back in 2008 and all the weird stuff that was going on up there. Vaguely. Um, so this, so Jersey, of course, is a huge tax haven. Uh, they're, 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 you know, by some speculations, maybe $2 trillion worth of money stored away there. It's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of run by the U.K., but it's not. But it's not. It's like, yeah, it's one of these weird it's a protectorate. protectorate. Yeah. yeah, it's like Gibraltar. Right. And they had there was a big scandal um, because <coughs> there's an orphanage, and you know they found kid bones, you know all. And oh yeah, there was some sort of perversion going on there, right? And this is really what started. This is this is part of what started me off with that whole thing in the Netherlands, where I get you know they burned down the station, and everything is you know I started catching on to all these stories <clears throat> about. Uh, about what's going on with the elites and child abuse, uh, severe child abuse. And so everyone who was investigating this on the Isle of Jersey, you know, the police commissioner, they, you know, they got arrested, thrown in jail for all kinds of weird stuff. People were removed. People got disappeared. And we have, uh, remember Dutroux? 
You don't, yeah. Yeah, no, not. I do remember Dutro because I actually looked up all that stuff on the internet and right. started reading it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's and very, we, it's Then we stopped talking hard. about it because it's so gruesome. Yeah. So Dutro um, was also up there with his, you know, he sailed a boat up there. And this, this you know, this, this kind of fits into the whole elites and uh, child abuse, which, you know, I see quite a large correlation there. <clears throat> so there's a, uh, a reporter, uh, Leah McGrath Goodman. And uh, she, well, what was interesting, what's interesting about her is that she is kind of opening up about what happened to her in relation to her investigation of this. And she's getting a little bit of traction. She was on uh, Max Kaiser because, of course, uh, Jersey is an interesting uh, island when it comes to money and Max Kaiser and the Max Kaiser report on Russia today, um, you know, deals with a lot of that. And I I really, I would like to play this two-minute clip of her explaining exactly what she found out, what happened, and what th- she thinks is going on, and why she is. Well, she's been banned from even entering the UK now, uh, and I'd like to play that kind of as a callback. Entering the UK? Yes. No. She. Yeah. She's been banned from entering the UK. Wow. Because she was she was investigating what was happening on the Isle of Jersey, and this will just get you started and take along with that that Dutroux's um, wife, who was also incarcerated, uh, she was just recently let out because, uh, uh, you know, I guess they had like life sentences or whatever. She was let out of jail uh, because for good behavior and she can go live in a convent or some bull crap like that. So you just have to t- bear in mind that when elites run the show, that they kind of take care of their own and, well... Draw your own conclusions, but this is kind of a a fifth anniversary special uh, look back at stuff we were talking about then coming around full circle in its own little mini cycle. Right now, now now let's talk about the story itself. Basically, the story that you're covering, sex crimes in Jersey, correct? Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, uh, probably to be more accurate, uh, Jersey had a... Jersey has a really polished international reputation as a, as a tax haven, but internally it has a lot of political problems ever since uh, scandals involving an orphanage in 2008, where it seems that for decades children were allegedly tortured, raped, murdered, and uh, there were many victims who are still alive who can tell their stories very clearly. They're being completely ignored, and my feeling is that uh, it does need to be investigated more thoroughly, and they need to be able to speak their truth. Uh, uh, everyone who has come near this particular scandal to look into it, from the policemen to the health minister, have all been either driven off the island or thrown out of their jobs. It's been very bad, and it seems like there's a big effort to try to keep uh, eyes away. Okay, so this is shaping up to be really quite a scandal. It has all of the uh, underhanded and disgusting sex crimes of a Penn State football team story uh, with, combined with the underhanded market rigging of LIBOR. Now, how high up does this cover-up go? Uh, and if there was somebody or an entity or an authority in place to stop the crimes, both the child abuse and the financial abuse, where who would be that entity? What, what's the jurisdiction there in Jersey? Well, Jersey is really interesting. It's almost like a special purpose vehicle of the Crown. So the Crown can be more or less as associated as it wants to be with Jersey or as not. so effectively, uh, the queen could step in, but of course, just really doesn't ever do that. Um, and so Jersey runs itself more or less. Uh, that said, the head of the police 
uh, all of the police in Jersey in the uh, sort of the diplomatic head of police. He was told while he was investigating this orphanage uh, by those running the government uh, that the chief minister in particular said, you don't understand this could bring the entire British government down. So I assume it goes very high uh, and that there are strong reasons why they don't want people looking into it. But again, until I'm allowed back into the UK to investigate it, I'm not going to know and the world isn't going to really know whatever happened to these poor children. The whole UK government could come down. Hell yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> and it was nice knowing you, Leah McGrath Goodman. Uh, Max Kaiser's the worst interviewer. Yeah, he's sounds like what does he have his head in a bucket when he's talking? Yeah, it's Russia Today, man. You know, they're, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, they're really place. not all that good. They're really not all that good. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, we would be a little uh, remiss if we didn't mention that the FISA uh, wireless wiretap uh, renewal bill has been signed. Authorizing five more years of spying on American citizens. Because, of course, uh, you know, no one will we mention that. We need to that. spy on American citizens. What? We need to spy on American citizens. They're so evil. Yeah, definitely. I totally need to spy on see how much are, are they watching Here Comes Honey Boo Boo or not. <laughs> if, if you're not watching Honey Boo Boo, I, I want to... I want a patch. I want a, 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 a yellow star patch that says populist. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Well, let's look into the patch business. There may be something. I think there's, this there's something there. It's, it's stencils on the ground and patch on the on the chest. I think that's where we need to be. Patches. And then uh, the president also re-upped the. Uh, this is only in the Federal Register. He re-upped the special powers uh, for the emergency signed initially on September 14th, 2001, um, and we are still in a state of emergency. Uh, so all of the powers uh, that the president has have been re-upped for another year. Well, that's a shocker. Yeah. And that's now 12 years running. And and there's no press release. This just shows up in the Federal Register. Uh, Bad Chad there in uh, Colorado has been monitoring the uh, the register for me. And he's always coming up with this crazy stuff. We, we need to do more looking at the Federal Register. That's really Yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff being slipped by. Yeah, it's all, all the good stuff is in there for sure. So on Sunday show, yes, which is 444 444 444 which means 444. Four, four. Hold on a second. We the are The best podcast in the universe. Episode 444 dvorak.org/na just trying to program their brain. Yeah. Messaging. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't messaging anything. <laughs> no, not here. Not here. No. So um Buzzkill Jr. came up probably with the best theory I've ever heard as to why Romney is Once. not releasing his tax forms. Illegitimate children. And no one would ever... I mean, once you hear the, the, the theory... Do I get more go, guesses? Do I get more guesses? You can guess all you want. You're oh. not going to get it. Okay, well... I'll give you two more guesses, and then on Sunday we'll reveal the answer. Are you not going to tell me now? No, because I want to save it to Sunday. Because nobody's listens to the, the, we're so deep into the show, people are going to miss this, and it's actually a really good one. Do you know, I'm surprised how many people do listen to the end of the show. You, yeah, you, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> Since the show is three hours, yeah. only they listen to it five weeks after we've done it, which is always the unfortunate thing. Yeah, let's see. I, you know, I just finished show three fifty two. Uh, so it is not illegitimate children. Uh, 
Um, could it be, what else could it be? Uh, something with his, uh, he gave away money. Uh, charitable donations that are uh, weird? Or am I okay there? What do you think? I think you keep going. Try again. And um, the last one is um, he has 15 dependents. <laughs> well, that could be two. <laughs> Actually, all these could be possible. But, all right. Uh, well, this is a this is a big tease, John. This is a big this tease. Is huge. This is a big tease. Huge. Finally. Huge. We need to do more teasing. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, okay. Well, uh, it, you know, it, who knows? We could be at war with uh, in every country that we've in, overthrown. In all of them. In all of them. We never know what can happen. We will keep our eyes. Uh, for you, of course, as always, as we like to do. And uh, I'm sure there's, there's some legislation. We're still waiting for President Obama's executive order on uh, cybersecurity. That's been rumored to happen, which I thought the whole, uh, you know, that whole um, GoDaddy thing was going to be used for it. But that turns out that was just bad routing. <laughs> yeah, they need something bigger. They and, need an actual uh, hack. And oh, I, I wanted to ask you, John. Did you see the um, the any of the iPhone five coverage? Yeah. Because I was watching, and then all of a sudden, I heard that there was this uh, car chase in L.A. where the guys were throwing money out the window. And you quickly turned to that. That was so much more entertaining. Did you see that? No. Oh, it was fantastic. Some guys robbed a Bank of America. And then they took off driving through the streets of L.A. with 18 cop cars chasing him. And they're throwing money out the window. And this is going on for an hour. And and because this is live on TV, people are out on the corners going, cheering for them, saying, throw <laughs> me money. And then the guys would throw money out. And the, you know, the, 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 the human resources sheeple would walk right in front of the cop cars to grab the money that the bank <laughs> robbers had thrown on the street. It was beautiful. Very well. That's a movie in this. It was. It, maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't just a movie. It, it, doesn't, it was better than any of that other stuff. That's for sure. Well, maybe the whole thing was orchestrated by Google. <laughs> distract people from the iPhone 5, which is a snooze, but okay. Yeah. Hey, coming to you from the capital of the drone star state where we take care of our drone. It's Austin, Texas here at Camp MoFo in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where... I'm still contemplating baking a cake with a fish in it. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Red line for Iran's nuclear program. Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.